Warning. The Tut Talk podcast may contain language and content that may not be suitable for younger audiences. Viewer discretion is advised. Please be aware that this episode will contain spoilers for the entirety of Jujutsu Kaisen Season 1 and may contain spoilers for other anime series, so be careful if you haven't finished them. Lastly, the views and opinions expressed in this episode do not reflect those of the Dud Talk podcast as a whole. Alright, it's been a long week, but I'm ready to kick back and relax, listen to an anime podcast with a bucket of chicken fingers. These chicken fingers taste a little chewy, it's kind of weird. Man, they didn't even take, bother to take the bone out of these, I mean, come on guys, they're chicken fingers. You do better than this. Wait, is, is that a... Fingernail? Uh... Hello and welcome to Dub Talk, where a group of sorcerers come together to eat weird things they picked up off the ground and occasionally talk about English films for anime. I'm Jet and I'm joined tonight by Amon, Kadro, Steph. You know. I found this, this this lollipop that was on the ground. It's it's actually not bad. The the, the, the dirt and gravel adds a little bit of flavor to the grape lollipop, you know. <laughs> and now it's very disgusting. tasty. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> and Patrick. Forbidden floor jerky, gimme <laughs> Forbidden floor jerky. Why are uh, these all about food? Uh, <laughs> I mean yeah. Listen, our our Twitter chat was fucking finger food. The joke had to be in there somehow. Yeah. I guess I just wasn't expected to be so coordinated unless you all coordinated while I wasn't in the room and I just happened no, to fall into I it just, by accident. No, I just fucking <laughs> shot that off the top of my head. Uh, I us? Just with it. Coordinate? You know what, that's Ahmad. a good point. But I was like, Ahmad, that's... You're making us sound like we are actually really good at this shit. Okay. I don't know, we got 5,000 subs, we're doing something right. <laughs> I suppose so. Apparently we're doing something right after, what, six years? Yeah, uh, so anyway, we are all gathered here tonight uh, to talk about the latest Shura Jump Mega hit, well, at least until the Chainsaw anime comes out, Jujutsu Kaisen. Uh, so if you somehow haven't, if you somehow escaped uh, the ever-crossing circle of the internet and haven't seen Jujutsu Kaisen, uh, here's a synopsis from ANN. Negative human emotions, regret, bitterness, shame, are the sources of all curses that infect the world and everyday life, leading to death in the worst cases. Uji Tadori, a particularly strong young man, attempts to save a friend from a curse, only to wind up consuming a special curse. The special grade curse be open Sukuna's finger. This curse now sharing his body. He is mentored by the curse expert Satori Gojo, who transferred to the Tokyo Metropolitan College of Arts and Science, where it specializes in curses. Only a curse can eliminate another curse, and Yuji's career as a cursed person who must exercise curses has now begun. So, uh, basically the rule of the story here is do not pick up weird things you found on the ground. (laughs) (laughs) Guys, I I don't think the forbidden floor jerky's sitting right. (laughs) Oh, Jesus. Here's the weird thing. So, 
while we're recording this, Connecticut has um, some severe thunderstorm warnings going on right now. I could hear like small rumblings of thunder, and I'm like, oh, well then. Mm. <laughs> so ominous to the story. <laughs> makes it so ominous and creepy now. Yeah. That's right, yeah, so, yeah. so that was a complicated summary, but the basic gist of the show is what's uh, what if early bleach, but basically written by a millennial with like very clear millennial anyway. <laughs> You're not wrong. You're not wrong, and I don't know if I love it or hate it now. I, I, I would not. I would not. I do not disagree, but I will note. If there's not a lot of Naruto in here, there's very much a sense of like, hey, Kakashi, I'ma take you and drop you my story. <laughs> Kakashi, no Gojo. Kakashi, no, his name is Satoru Gojo. That is, you were right. Even the fucking no, like blindfold shit. Fuck. <laughs> Yeah, but okay, I mean, I, okay, okay, I mean, okay, I mean, to be fair, Gojo is much prettier than Kakashi is without, like, his mask on. Listen. <laughs> like, 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 Kakashi's a very handsome man, but he, he's not Gojo. <laughs> no. No, Kakashi's handsome. Gojo's just fucking pretty. <laughs> That's the difference. <laughs> Gojo is just fucking pretty, because the only thing people care about is his fucking... Blue ocean eye. <laughs> just, just like stare deep into your fucking soul. <laughs> like, listen, no one can tell me that they do not fall for that shit. I am a victim of this. <laughs> fucking Gocho. Fuck. I mean, you can try, but you'll never reach him. <laughs> no, I know. It's the sad part. Uh, <laughs> anyway. Uh, uh, anyway, so we are here to talk about the dub for this particular show, and of course, what is a dub without ADR staff? Uh, unfortunately, uh, at the time of this recording, we were not able to learn who the adaptive scriptwriter for the show was, and we probably won't learn nice? unless, I mean, until Viz puts out that home video release, uh, though Viz has been kind of slacking lately with dub credits, so uh, even that might be kind of a toss-up, but while we don't have... And adopt the scriptwriter, we do know who the voice director is for this dub. And the voice director is one Michael Sorek. Uh, Michael Sorek has uh, done a lot of stuff for Grunty Roll of Cityopolis these days. And as I end, is also just kind of. Uh, he did a lot of uh, ADR work, like way back in the old days. And uh, some of the stuff you might have heard uh, that is that uh, includes Bleach. Digimon Adventure, The God of High School, and I've said it got one million lives. Hmm. Interesting. So we're not talking about the other new show that he's doing then. Okay. Uh, so, I, mean, so, I mean, I'm pretty sure uh, we're going to do an episode on that if we can somehow get enough cast members. That's gonna be a fucking fight pit when that happens. Oh, definitely. Oh god, there's gonna be blood spilled. Yeah, so, uh, actually, let's see if we can go uh, round robin style with this. So. Okay. That's up, so, just, yeah, so, just like any point of discussion you want to bring up about this. Oh lord. <laughs> Where do we fucking start? I know we're not talking about a scriptwriter, but I do have to commend whoever the fucking writer is on this show. Because. 
so we all know Jujutsu Kaisen is your typical shonen, right? So of course you have the action-y, like the hardcore action, like like kick-ass kind of moments. But the comedy in this is also very funny. <laughs> it has some moments and some... It has a lot of fun one-liners and in-jokes for the characters of the show. And I have to commend the writing on that one because the comedic writing it just makes it so wonderful. Um, no, I... <laughs> like, I, I usually... If I find interesting note like one-liners and stuff, I'll write them down. The only one I wrote down <laughs> was from episode two, and I think it was Gojo, where um, he's talking to Itadori, and Itadori is deciding, "Hey, I'm gonna help you get these damn fingers, and then just die after I get them all. It's fine." And then Gojo's like, "My guy," because <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> you're so. Uh, yeah, it is. It's interesting you bring up the script because one thing that's kind of uh, interesting about the show that applies to the Japanese version too that is, that, is that is that this actually is a series that makes a lot of very specific pop culture references to things. Yes, it does. Yeah, like, like, yeah, like in the very first episode, there's a direct Ninja Warrior reference. Yeah, there's a Ninja Warrior reference. Fucking Itadori's type of woman is someone like Jennifer Lawrence. There was oh my god. There was, um... They actually mm, show, like, a couple seconds of, um, The Lord of the Rings. Yes, there was that. And then there was a, um, there was a castaway reference in there as well. When, um, Itadori's chilling with Junpei. <laughs> Wilson! I, I remember, like, reading the, like, a interview for that episode where James Beck was like, Man, it is really weird that a couple of Zoomers would know what castaway is. Yeah. <laughs> But of course it would be these two movie nerds who would know, who would know exactly what fucking Castaway is. Mostly Junpei being the movie nerd. Like, Itadori just probably happened to watch it during his fucking training. And he kind of got see, stuck with See, it. That, that's the trick. Itadori wouldn't watch it by himself. Gojo absolutely owns that movie. <laughs> yes. Like one Gojo of, one 100% of, owns one, it. One of those early DVDs and those old weird shitty boxes they used to come in. I can, I can picture it right now. <laughs> oh my god, that would be so funny. <laughs> like a mountain of DVDs that Itadori had to go through. Yeah. And it's like, where'd you, where'd you get these Gojo? Oh, there, it's mine. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so with that in mind, I'm kind of surprised that this dub didn't have like maybe a little more slang. Like I thought it might lead to that a little more. Like... It's fine for what it is, but I do wish the script was maybe a little punchier in a couple of places, but yeah. I can see it. Um, I haven't, I did not watch the Japanese. I don't know if they, if the English basically stuck more to the Japanese. It sounds like it might have, Uh, um, but I can't confirm or deny it. Yeah, it's not like directly one for one, but like it's not. But it's pretty close. Yeah, aside from like, you know, maybe adding a few extra swears every now and then, it is, it's pretty one to one. Okay. Alright, so it's pretty close. So that's... It's not a bad thing, but yeah, I can... There are moments where it could, where some of the dialogue, I think, could be a bit punchier, especially in comedic moments. Uh, but for the most part, I think it still hit and landed where it needed to. Yeah, and yeah, in a lot of ways, it kind of reminds me of like a mid like a mid two thousand Shonen dub. Which I think also... Yeah. yeah. Which I think also kind of applies to like some of Michael's voice direction here. And, like, the way a lot of the characters are, like, specifically directed to sound. And because of, compared to, like, the very kind of, like, refined 
anime archetypes you kind of see nowadays. Like, outside for a lot of the characters in this show, there's like a very clear emphasis on having them sound like very distinct from each other in a way where like, even if you aren't looking on screen, you kind of have a pretty good idea of who's talking, which is, <clears throat> which is something I kind of appreciate. That's like a really nice little effect here. You say they sound very distinct. There's a, there's a, yeah, with, yeah, with one very specific exception that we will get to later. Uh, <sighs> well, it's... Alright, we have to rip off the bandit on this one now. There's a lot of double and triple casting in this yeah, show. Yeah, yeah, it that is very much a Studiopolis thing. I do not know why that's a thing they do, but it is a thing they do a lot. And... To the credit of a few of the actors and actresses in this dub, they sound distinct enough a, yeah, that it works, yeah, I feel like, but it's still just annoying to me. Yeah, I feel like with most of them, they're directed well enough where you would not be able to immediately tell they're playing new characters unless you right. are really familiar with those actors. But again, I mean, we're going to be... I'm going to be very real with you guys. You guys brought that up, and having watched the entire show, I have no fucking clue what you're talking about. I did not notice it a single time. Wait, really? I su- no. I su- I'm surprised you didn't notice it with... Like, give me, like, give me an example. Uh, as I... Um, as I... Uh, Mekamaru and uh, the principal. Principal... Principal of um, Jujutsu Tech. Yeah, like yeah, those two. See, I couldn't tell you. I couldn't tell you what the principal of Jujutsu Tech sounds like because I watched that like four months ago. Ah. That would do it then. Like, ah, that, like, yeah, that would do it. But they do sound like almost exactly the same, which is like yeah, that is that is the that is the bad end of the spectrum, which very very sucks because that actor can is capable of doing this shit. Yeah, he's more than capable of yeah. it. So it's kind of unfair. Yeah, it is. On yeah, one. it is really weird. He was not directed to like sound different than that mm-hmm. other character. I yeah. will say this though. Um, thankfully. There was enough space between sort of actors doing Walla and major characters that you don't really notice it, except for one scene in particular. Yeah. Um, as you guys meant, uh, it, it's actually the um, the Mechamaru panda fight, where you had mm-hmm. lines with Mechamaru. And immediately the following scene is the, the principal. principal. Yes. Like that. Oh my god. Like. He's a, he had, yeah, that, yeah, that was like really distracting. Like, like, it, like, I, I guess I understand the need to sometimes double or triple cast. This is one freaking actor who plays three characters, including a freaking side villain during that arc actually um i understand sometimes you might like you might need to double up or triple up on things but like it's annoying because that kind of makes you question like what the talent pool is like but um (laughs) but (laughs) like if they sound if the two characters sound basically almost mirror images of each other then what's the point yeah, that was a really weird decision, and again, and again, that actor does have quite a bit of brain, so it is very weird that he was not like directed yeah. to sound to make those two characters I mean, sound distinct. No, yeah. yeah I, again, I will note I watched that scene like two days ago. I did not notice. I will also note there is no one in the California acting pool I can recognize by ear that well. 
I'm surprised you can't. I'm surprised you didn't recognize that actor because he's like in literally everything. But okay. <laughs> and and I mean he's also in everyone's favorite show that still hasn't been rescued. <laughs> But, All right, I, d- I did actually look at the cast list, so I, I legitimately have no fucking clue who you're talking about right now. I am so lost. <laughs> <laughs> like you, you are, you are, you. The mystery is very deep right now. Okay, I'm pretty okay. I'm pretty sure when I say the name, when we get to that character, you. you I'm sure. You'll I'm sure you will, but right now I'm very confused. I just put it in the in the chat. Okay, let's see. Uh, I just put in the chat for Amon so he knows so we yeah. don't give it away right now. Uh, yeah, so I will yeah, so I will say that like annoying there's a double Catholic design, like I, I don't think there are a lot of like really interesting casting choices here, like mm. like has some of the characters that are this out and uh, even who our lead is, which is uh, this is that person's very first anime role, which is yeah. definitely very interesting decision for a show this big. One hundred percent. I mean, I'm starting to see a pattern with a couple of these big Crunchyroll titles. Um, this and freaking um, To Your Eternity being another one, where they decide to pull for their lead someone who has never done anime before. Yeah, but has but has that stuff in Western animation, which is yes. yeah, definitely interesting. Which which is interesting and weird, and I but I don't hate it. I don't hate that either. Because I was having this conversation with Andrew the other day. It's a weird progression, because like, typically when it comes to anime voice actors, usually they progress from that into like video games and western cartoons. But now you're seeing the opposite effect on a couple of these. <laughs> Where you have people from western cartoons crossing into anime dubbing, so it's, it's very weird. <laughs> Seeing the yeah, like yeah, uh, yeah, like until recently, the only one person who was kind of notable for that was like maybe Ben Diskin, but now you have like right. Robbie David, you have that actor mm-hmm. into your eternity, and you have our lead here. Also, like oh yeah, also Zena Robinson, he did a lot of prelude before he did anime. About to say, about Zena's another one too. Yeah, like it's it's so weird, but I don't dislike it. <laughs> it's just weird because it's. It's like anime is becoming mainstream now or something. Oh my fucking god. I mean, I mean it basically is, so yeah. At this makes stage, sense. yeah. I feel like an old woman now. Christ. Uh, uh, I remember back in my day where, <laughs> where, where you had to like rip fan sets off from bad VHSs. No, 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 no. Back in my day, you had to watch your animes on YouTube as parts so. Fruits Basket Episode 1, Part 1. <laughs> right, Fruits right, Basket right. Episode 2, Part 2. Episode 1, Part 2, sorry. <laughs> back in my day, you had two options. You could watch what was on TV, or you could hope that your video store had something. <laughs> yes! <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh my god. Oh it turned god. out you had the shitty blockbuster? Well, too bad. Yeah. <laughs> well, you're fucked. <laughs> yeah, there is one thing I no, wanted it's... to bring up before we move on. Um... And Jet, you might be able to help me out with this one. Um, I know, in particular, the manga of Jujutsu Kaisen um, kind of had a really abrupt change in terminology as a, um, I guess, as the translator talked with the licensors a little bit. 
That's how, uh, that's how, uh, uh, so what happened there was, um, that's how, I think it was just like a thing in timing because originally, uh, Jujutsu Kaisen was like, okay, when Jujutsu Kaisen started being cyberpumped, it was like in the middle of the, it was like in the very middle of its run, so I guess they hadn't decided on like terminology and whatnot yet. Yeah, and I, and I guess at some point they went back and they like got all the terminology that you see here displayed in the anime. So like when I was so when I was like going to the market for the first time, you had all the terminology you see here, and then like there was like a middle stretch for for like a few chapters. Suddenly, like all the terminology was like in Japanese, and it was like really jarring. And then it's like and then it switched back. So I guess it was just like okay, they did like did it update the cha those chapters with the current translation, but it was kind of weird. Yeah, one thing I I appreciate with the um, the script adaptation for this was that they they did keep the terminology kind of consistent. A, yeah, I yeah I was worried about that because like when Crunchyroll like first put out uh, subtitle trailers for this, uh, they had different terminology for what was in the Viz translation, but I guess uh, but I guess they like worked that out before they actually started simulcasting it, so that was nice. Yeah. But, um, what was my brain about to say? Oh, slight kudos on the directing part, and I guess technically the, um, on, uh, the actor who plays Fushigoro, for, um, I know you said it was near one-for-one -one translation, N near, but, um, I, I do, I do enjoy the f small, like, liberties that they took with some of the characters. Just Fushiguro being one of them, because it's been publicly stated that there's a line in the show where Fushiguro doesn't necessarily <laughs> identify his type of woman, leaving his leaving his his preference very open-ended. Oh yeah, oh yeah, that's particularly interesting because, like, I, because when someone brought it up, I went back and checked the his translation. In the manga, he does not, like, specify what gender he's into, and, and that's also true for the dub, but in the cultural subtitles, he did say woman for some reason. So I guess it was a yeah. so I guess it was a screw up on cultural. So, uh. I guess. But, like, they. I guess it was also a decision in the booth for them, too, to do that. This is just what I know of the situation. And. <laughs> It makes Fushiguro a very a very interesting character for more reasons than one. Uh. <laughs> Fucking Fushiguro. Uh, so I did not watch the last three episodes of the show until for the first time until today. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that... I held off because I knew we were going to be doing this and I was going to restart it anyway. I'm like, I'm just going to wait and finish the whole show. And then, oh god, Fushiguro. <laughs> <laughs> Bro. Like, I shotgunned <laughs> the entire back half in, like, two days. Mm. Oh, my God. It gives me appreciation for Fushiguro a lot more, that's for sure. <laughs> and Nobara. Oh, my God. Ah, uh, yeah, that last, uh, that last fight was a lot of fun. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, anyway, uh, we should start getting into our characters, so let's talk about some of the staff at Jujutsu 2 Tech. Uh, we have uh, Utahibe Iori, Bebe, uh, Kiyotaki Ijichi, uh, Shoko Yero, and Akari Nita. Uh, Utahibe is one of the teachers from the Kyoto branch, and she doesn't really get along with Gojo that well. Uh, Bebe is a Jutsu sorcerer who's obsessed with money. 
Uh, is one of the assistants, and it's just very clearly not being paid enough to put up with his boss as an oldie dumb kids. I love Ichichi. <laughs> <laughs> he just gets the short end of the stick all the time. Uh, Shoko is one of the school's doctors, and Akari is another assistant who helps out Yuji the gang during the their mission in the last three episodes. And she's also very clearly not being paid enough to deal with these dumb kids. <laughs> <laughs> is, is anyone here really being paid enough? No. Are we even sure they're getting Nika, paid? <laughs> I mean, the, stu- the students are definitely not getting paid. The, the students get room and board. That's how they get their payment. <laughs> quote, payment, unquote, yeah. Yeah, yeah quote, unquote. Uh, so anyway, uh, playing Utahime, we have Tara Sands, who has played such characters as Boko Makaiba from... The Yu-Gi-Oh! franchise, Biscuit Kruger from Hunter x Hunter, and Anna Kiyamata from the 2001 Shaman Kingdom. Uh, Maymay has played, I mean, Maymay is played by Emberly Connors, who has played such characters as Akari Hyuga in Bloom into You, Brandison Fairytale, and Emilio Rollins in Radio Rainbow Gate. Uh, Idichi is played by, God, I'm probably going to put in the last name, uh, Chris uh, Tegliafera, who has Playing such characters as Graves and Sword Guy, Sylvia Zoldek and Hunter x Hunter 2011, and Mohammed Alfdal with Jonah's Bizarre Adventure, Sonic Crusaders. <laughs> I still need to finish that. Fuck. Shoko is played by Ryan Bartley, who has played such characters as Rhyme and ReZero, uh, Sumo Mitakane and Mob Second 100, and Kabuki and Hunter x Hunter 2011. <laughs> I mean, lastly, uh, Kari is played by Sarah Ann Williams. Who has played such characters as Puck in Berserk 2016, Liz Babbitt's Online, and Best Girl Who Did Absolutely Nothing Wrong, Sayaka Miki from the Polo Maggie Madoka Magica franchise. I never watched the dub of Madoka Magica. Uh, if, uh, yeah, uh, if you do, uh, just stick with the dub for the movies, the TV series dub is very not good. That's what I've heard, that's why I don't watch it. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently. That's exactly why I don't watch the dub. Apparently the show's dub is kind of eh, which is the one I'm familiar with. Uh, the movies, however, yeah, the movie are dub is top notch. Yeah, the movie dub is much better. Good to know. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, I guess we can start talking about these characters. Uh, so did uh, any of them stick out to you particularly? Poor Kiyotaka. Uh, <laughs> he, he, has to, he should deal with one boss who doesn't take anything seriously, and another boss who takes everything seriously. Yeah. He cannot yeah. win. He can't fucking win, and then he has to deal with these freaking kids, who are the biggest troublemakers, basically, of all time to, for him. Like... He doesn't get paid enough for this shit. Like, I love it. The I'll, first I'll honest, ending, his his whole thing is he's washing his car. <laughs> yes, <laughs> like he's just so cute. Like the whole purpose of that ending was just everybody at their casual best, and he's just yes. taking care of his car on a Saturday because Saturdays <laughs> are made for dads and dads' car. <laughs> <laughs> No, I love Chris. It's he's so much fun, and it's hilarious because it's hilarious when you have fucking Gundam Tanaka playing this fucking this fucking guy in a suit who just gets who basically has to go 
I just all the time. I just yeah. love how he it's puts in just enough of that. What am I doing yeah. here? I don't get a paid yeah. enough for this. I'm hungry. Yeah. Like, can I just can I just go home? I just want to go home. Yeah, I will say it is definitely very interesting seeing Chris play this character because I'm very used to him playing big guys like Abdul or right. or Killer with Dad. So like. Here we can play butt monkey. I'm, I'm, I'm used to. I'm used to. I'm also used to him playing extra motherfuckers like Gundam Tanaka in the video in the Daganrapa video game. Like, ah. <laughs> like Gundam can be extra as fuck. <laughs> so yeah, it's. But yeah, no Abdal too. Like yeah, it's uh, definitely very uh, different for him, but it it, it really works. Mm. Like, I really. <laughs> I just, I get a kick out of it, because I'm just sitting here, I'm like, poor Ichiji. Yeah, yeah, Chris does a really good job. He needs a vacation. Just making him sound like he's just being bullied by his bosses constantly. That he's just very, very afraid of upsetting them. Yeah. <laughs> poor Ichiji. <laughs> I love him. <laughs> it just works so fucking well. Oh my god. Yeah. Like, <laughs> admittedly, out of those five that we're talking about right now, that's the one that stands out to me. <laughs> More than the other four. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, like, Mei Mei only really does stuff towards the end. Like, I, yeah. I think she only Shoko, really gets... Shoko kind of... I think she only gets okay. lines in, like, the last couple episodes. That's like, uh, that's like, uh, yeah, her deal probably won't get explained until, like, the second season. As I, to which I will say, like, we're going to be talking about the very ridiculous powers uh, with some of the other characters, but she has the single most ridiculous power in the story. Oh, fun. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> I bet. I cannot I mean, the- wait in the most unironic way I can say that. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, so, uh, yeah, for what we've heard so far, I thought Amber did a pretty good job. Uh, Tara Izutahibe is interesting, particularly because, uh, I'm very used to Tara playing, like, young boys or, like, maybe teen girls, so... I I think this is my first time ever hearing her play, like, an adult woman, so it's pretty interesting. I think that's the same with me, too. Um, and it's... I gotta say, she does really well as teen mom. Yeah. Hmm. She's the Kyoto teen mom. (laughs) She really is. Like, and her, her fucking interactions with Gojo are just great, too. Because, oh my god, Gojo is just this mood. <laughs> this fucking mood and this weird wonky-ass energy. Yeah, Gojo, <laughs> Gojo. Rutahime just has to put up with yeah, this Yeah, Gojo bullies everyone equally. Yeah, <laughs> Gojo doesn't give a fuck. <laughs> I mean, they state very early on that Jujutsu sorcerers, sorcerers are all basically a little crazy <laughs> so like like they get that out of the way because that also explains like oh this is why they're fucking nuts. now i could be wrong and i could have been misinterpreting this um did it kind of feel like gojo was flirting with her uh, there's there's a there's a lot of sexual tension in this show. Let's be honest with ourselves. <laughs> yes, there's a, there's a lot of are these characters? There's a lot of like 
Alright, do you two hate each other because of your personality, or is this also like a bad one-night stand in here somewhere? Because it could be both. <laughs> gonna be honest here. Knowing Gojo, probably. <laughs> Knowing how Gojo acts, there's probably a good shot. Because Gojo's is... fucking dumb. <laughs> Don't get me wrong, I love Gojo to pieces, but Gojo's also a dick. <laughs> He's such a dick sometimes. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, other characters in his mix. Um, I'm sorry. Um, Ryan Bartley is Joko. Admittedly, I'm not... Uh, admittedly, I mostly know Ryan Bartley for playing, like, teen girls. So again, like, her doing an adult is uh, kind of yeah. interesting change the page for me. Uh, I don't see some of A couple of these are different character types that... We're not used to, which is nice. It's just the majority of this section you don't see much. Yeah, <laughs> so. yeah. I did say I thought like maybe a couple more live reads were a little flat every now and then, but otherwise I thought she did fine. Mm-hmm. And decide, and uh, Sarah and Williams as a Kari again. Uh, she's not like quite as fun as ETG, but I did enjoy like her, I did enjoy her presence in the last three episodes. Yeah. <laughs> I think it. I think N- N- Nita is. For all intents and purposes, kind of supposed to be the female version of Ichiji. Yeah, uh, pretty much. Pretty much, except for the fact that she, <laughs> she also doesn't take shit from people <laughs> compared <laughs> to Ichiji. Ichiji just sometimes will people walk all over him and he doesn't care. Nita is just like fuck that noise. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was, go- I was gonna say Nita-, Nita feels a little more competent than Ichiji. Yes, <laughs> just a- just a bit. Like she, she okay. Like at the end of the fight and everything, he's like, "Where are these fucking kids? <laughs> I'm gonna fucking kill them." Like I'm gonna be honest, um, Anita mm-hmm. and EGG both feel to me like, um, oh, how do I word this? Um, I actually feel like they might be too competent for what they do. <laughs> Because, like, any any completely sane person in their situation would probably not work for jujitsu sorcerers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Are they sane, though? I mean, That's again. the question. I put it this way. I put it this way. Fox Mulder is very good at his job. He is also Fox Mulder. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, again... They say early on that the Jutsu sorcerers all have to be a little bit fucking crazy. <laughs> so. Oh, there we go. about it. There's a thunder boom. I don't know who was that. It wasn't me. Uh, that was me. Oh. <laughs> all uh, right. This Eastern Seaboard, huh? Thunderstorm <laughs> roulette. Let's go. we had we had connecticut at the start of the episode we just had new jersey come on amo let's get boston in there (laughs) Uh, so and and now now a hard cut to us having to reconvene several days later (laughs) because all of our internets went out at the same time (laughs) and one of our audios is mysteriously absent because the the power entirely cut out uh, no! <laughs> please don't say that! Yeah, let's not curse this. Knock it on the okay. now some, that no. Some... Don't tempt fate, man. <laughs> I knocked on I wood. I was gonna say, I'm on tempted fate the other day! Uh, so are we gonna move on to uh, next group of characters? Can I also just say one more thing about Chris? Sure. He also has, um, 
some exposition narrator bits that he does throughout the show, too. Oh, where it's and, done um, like the TV interview? I love those. Oh, yeah, uh, something that's kind of interesting about that is that, uh, is that the manga does have, like, very kind of generalized narration. Uh, but I'm pretty sure, like, uh, there was a statement with the anime where Gigi Gakutami, like, very specifically told the anime staff not to do, like, generic narration. So instead, you just have, like, characters just, like, randomly narrating bits every now and then. That's interesting, then. Like... And I think it actually works, because with Chris being, a, like, a presence, th- like, here and there throughout the show, he kind of serves as a good portion of that exposition, which is great. Um, and then I am I know Nanami has a bit as well. Um, Nanami, who we're going to talk about next, I think, um, has some narr- narrative sections as well. I think the principal does... Ga- uh, not Gakuganji. Yaga. Yaga does a little bit. Gojo, I think, might have a tiny, tiny bit, too, here and there. Uh, but it, that's very interesting, then. Oh, yeah, even Nobara gets one in, like, the last episode. Mm, yeah, she kind of does. It's very interesting. But no, I wanted to bring that up, because, like, considering uh, this is not the first time I've heard Chris as a type of narrator voice... Kuriko! <laughs> um, I, I kind of enjoy his narrator voice. It's very nice. Uh. Okay. That's all I wanted to add. Okay, uh, in that case, let's move on to um, some more characters. And that's we have some more of the uh, DD2 Tech faculty. Uh, so th- Another fucking move! <laughs> yeah, uh, specifically. Fuck. We have two of the principals, and Nanami, because he's kind of more important than some of the other ones we mentioned. And this is basically the only other point I can think of to put in. Uh, so, Fucking Nanami's a mood. Yeah, uh, so anyway, we have uh, Matsubiti Yaga, uh, Yoshinobu Kakagaji, and Kento Nanami. Uh, principal Yaga is the principal of the Tokyo branch of Jujutsu Tech. Uh, his curse technique is to create curse corpses, which are basically just a bunch of weird stuff dolls that can... And move around, as well as a certain other character who we'll be bringing up later. Mmm. Ah, yes. Uh, he loves to experiment with his cursed dolls, we'll say that. Mm-hmm. Uh, principal Kakagaji is the principal of the Kyoto Bridge, and he tries to have Yuji assassinated for being took in his vessel. Uh, he's also just very, very clearly a straw man for all the contempt gigging Akutami probably has towards, like, the older generation and boomers. Just very, very clear. Oh, man. <laughs> Like, <laughs> it's, there's a very prominent thing with Gojo's character where he basically is like, fuck the elders, fuck these assholes, they don't know shit. <laughs> and Kakuganji is basically the epitome of, like, the, the old traditional ways and the rules. And Gojo's like, fuck your rules. Yeah. Here, Itadori, eat a finger. Yeah, so with that in, mi- yeah, so with that in mind, it is very interesting that his, that his curse technique is to is to fire curse energy by strumming a guitar and using his body as the end. So we, so we actually get to see this weird conservative grandpa just doing guitar solo. It's so, it's we- so disappointing. The coolest power in this show and this asshole is the one who has it. <laughs> Like, say Amon is severely uh, disappointed. I I will say the anime mitigates this a little bit because in the manga it looks like he's playing a black flying V, which is the best guitar. Uh, but in the anime they made it red, which is I mean that's it's still flying V, but it's not as good as a black flying V. <laughs> I will be honest with you, 
Gakuganji has serious Metallica vibes. Oh my god. Oh, oh he, he very much feels like any, any number of, like, old metalhead who, it turns out, oh, is yeah. probably always always a little conservative. They just weren't as political. They just weren't as open about it when they were younger. Oh, like, probably. <laughs> fuck it, fucking Dave Mustang over here. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. Gaku Ganji's a dick. <laughs> He's he like, we must kill Isidori. <laughs> He epitomizes the meme, fuck them kids. <laughs> yes. Yes, he does. Oh, yeah. Go, Ganji, fuck them kids. Dory needs to die. <laughs> and then, lastly, we have Ketsudanami, who is a first grade sorcerer put in charge of Yuji when they go to investigate some murders at a movie theater. And his first technique is okay, I'm gonna try my best to explain this one. Uh, so, oh god, his is weird and complicated. Okay, so apparently he can cut anything along a 7.3 ratio. As I, and uh, when he does this, it forcibly creates a weak point on his target, and any attack he lands is considered a critical hit. Uh, meaning he can fight against curses stronger than he is, and even just like using the back of his blade, like, deals a lot of damage. And uh, if you somehow understood any of what I just said, congratulations, your PhD is in the mail. <laughs> look, look, it's it's very easy to understand. You just have to think of it as like a special move in a video game, and it makes perfect sense. <laughs> yeah, in a way, yeah. Like if you do like a, it's like a special move in a like I JRPG look, kind of game. That, so. look, that's what absolutely what it looked like to me. It's like oh, no, this yeah, is like one of those does. fancy moves in like a Final Fantasy game where like you don't really think about the mechanics of it. It just looks neat. <laughs> or like hitboxes in a fighting game. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, that makes sense. <laughs> but also fucking Nanami. Just, um, <laughs> don't... Mood. Just don't talk to Nanami about rolling netcode. I don't think we want to have that conversation. <laughs> <laughs> also, don't mess with Nanami's overtime. Uh, we don't like that either. <laughs> uh, 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 yes, he uh, he's a very delightful character, uh, but don't tell him that. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I really like Nanami. <laughs> I really do. Oh yeah, his his fucking backstory too is he went to Jujutsu Tech, graduated, but did not want to be a Jujutsu Sorcerer sorcerer because he fucking hated it. So he decided to work at a nine to five sales job for a fucking shitty ass company. But then he learned after like a year or two that he also fucking hated that. So he's like, his explanation he's adoring is, if I'm going to hate both of these things, I at least want to do the one that's more interesting. <laughs> so he goes back to being a fucking jujitsu sorcerer because of it. I'm like, what the fuck? It's great. I love Nanami. He's fucking fantastic. <laughs> oh, yeah, and uh, I don't know, is it probably talking about who voices these characters? Yeah. Uh, so for Principal Yaga, we have Keith Silverstein, who is in basically everything. But specifically, he has played such characters as Goheed and Beastars, Ishin Kurosaki and Bleach, and Char Azimal in Mobile Suit Gun of the Origin. Uh, but of course, uh, Aman, you would probably know him best as Johan Liebert and Monster. Uh, let's see. Uh, Principal Kakagaji is played by Kyle Hebert who has played such characters as Kibe Nozuka in Naruto, 
Fat Cam in My Hero Academia, and Son Gohan in pretty much everything in the Dragon Ball franchise. But weirdly, he is also double-casted in this show with Yuji's grandpa in the first episode, which is, like, just a very, very weird contrast. I didn't notice that! <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't notice that! I couldn't figure out for the life of me who also fucking voiced his grandpa! What the fuck? Yeah, that, yeah, that was a fucking Kyle Hebert, so, like... But wasn't he also one of the fucking, um... One of Yuji's friends in that fucking occult club, too? Uh, that I do not remember, but, like, I do not- I think he was. I think I heard it, too. I'm like, what the fuck? But, but, yeah, but yeah, he was definitely the grandpa, oh. so just, like, the contrast of these two old men is just amazing. Oh, my God. <laughs> that's, my that's head fun. hurts. That's some galaxy brain casting right there. <laughs> <laughs> my head hurts now. Oh, my God. I'm pretty sure Kyle was the male guy in the occult club from the first episode, too. Oh my god, my brain hurts now. Oh, <laughs> fuck me, man. Uh, and lastly, Anatomy is played by David Vincent, who has played such characters as Gilgamesh and the modern versions of the Fate franchise, Senkets and Kill a Kill, and Vaughn of the Dawn in Gundex Sword. Okay, uh, so uh, why don't we start off this section of characters with, uh, with Principal Yaga keeps oversight. What a jackass. No, 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 I mean, uh, no, I mean, Keith Silverstein is the good one, the one with the shades. Oh no, I'm sorry, I got confused. <laughs> no, Keith is the Keith is the good one, you're talking about Kyle, Kyle is the asshole. I don't remember the names of anyone in this show, so I get confused very easily. As, as, uh, uh, He's fine. As, oh, don't, oh, don't feel bad, I had to confuse him too when I was, like, making up notes for this. Uh, yeah, you did, I remember that, and <laughs> <laughs> you just put in the... In the our Twitter chat, like, oh, I just realized I accidentally swapped them. Like, of all of <laughs> the like, faculty <laughs> characters of the show, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. he... Yaga feels like he has the strongest dad energy. Especially oh, yeah. because oh, yeah. he's technically a dad. Technically, yes. Yeah, be, yeah be, he is basically Panda's dad. Oh yeah, oh Panda. <laughs> we love Panda. I love Panda. It's such a joy. And he also gives one of my favorite line deliveries in the entire show. Oh yeah? Which is... You see, Panda is not a panda. <laughs> <laughs> As the explanation yep. of Panda's powers is going yep. on, which we'll get to when we actually get to Panda. Panda's complicated in of himself. God damn. <laughs> and I also love no. the fact that his um, his little corpse puppets are what is used mm -hmm. in Yuji's um, training sessions. Yuji <laughs> just keeps watching the shit be out of him by those puppets. Where he has it's to watch movies funny. and he can't wake up the corpse puppet or it'll punch him. Uh, <laughs> and, re and remember, in order for him to be accepted into Jiu-Jitsu Tech, he had to fight one of the corpse puppets as well. Yep. <laughs> he gets his ass beat so many times by those corpse puppets, it's not even funny. Uh, it's great. Well, uh, yeah, I liked Keith here. I thought he had like a pretty good kind of authoritative tone to his voice and like a pretty yeah. good amount of presence to him. Where it's like, yeah, this guy definitely feels like he'd be in administration. And what's and, uh, great yeah, yeah, about like, him is like 
he's authoritative, he's stern, but he's never really an asshole. Yeah. Like, there's always a reason behind Yaga's words and his actions, and it, it, def it definitely comes across, for sure, and I, I do enjoy it a lot. Um, yeah, yeah, I think, like, one thing I definitely did appreciate was, like, his whole speech to UD in episode two, where, like, that where, like, he talked to UD about, like, why he wants to be a sorcerer, and how he had to, like, uh, find a reason for saving people beyond just, oh, it's my grandpa's dying wish. Yeah. <laughs> and basically telling him that if he, like, continues on that path, he's gonna end up hating his grandpa for that. Right. Like, yeah, those are, like, Yaga has his reasons for the things he does. And <laughs> as convoluted as his methods for showing them are, <laughs> it works. Yeah. So, yeah, I also, I also do kind of like, I also do kind of like his whole, like, speech in the baseball episode with, like, Principal Boomer, where... <laughs> Principal Boomer. <laughs> yes, Gaguganji is no longer Gaguganji. He is Principal Boomer. I love it. Hell yeah. That's, that's, <laughs> Shit. That's, 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 yeah, that's where he where he's like asking if he like so watching these guys, and he's like, oh well, you know, like these like these are the rules. I have to do it this way. Mm -hmm. and, and, and I was like, well, I mean, we don't know like whether or not this is the right decision, but all we can really do is just like watch over these kids, and I was like, okay, that's a nice sentiment that I thought Keith delivered that yeah. really well. No, yeah, I really liked it. And on that note, I guess we should talk about Principal Boomer over here, so... <laughs> <laughs> now, by contrast, I love what it. an asshole! Now, by contrast, <laughs> <laughs> fucking dick! <laughs> Fuck them kids! Oh, God... Here's what's very weird to me. Fucking. <laughs> this is Kyle Bear Going from fucking. Um. Solomon. And welcome to Demon's Clear Maku to fucking Gaku Ganji. Because these are both old. Grandpa. Like aged characters. <laughs> it's so fucking different. Because if you've ever watched Irima. Kyle hams it the fuck up, and it's great. This one is like no. <laughs> yeah, so, this one I want to punch. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Solomon is a very nice man. This guy is definitely not. <laughs> no, <laughs> Solomon's a good man that took Ir Irma out of his shitty parent away from his shitty parents because they don't fucking care. Bakuganji just wants to kill Itadori because <laughs> he should not be a thing. That's rude. Uh, but yeah, like, uh, Kyle did a really good job of this, making him sound like a very crotchety old fart, just like, definitely the kind of boomer who just very clearly prioritizes rules and traditions over, like, anything else, but basically zero flexibility. Hello, Grandpa Boomer, that's a fun name now. He's my favorite nickname, Grandpa Boomer. I love it. I mean, I mean, he even has a Jimi Hendrix shirt. <laughs> I don't, I don't. I don't know if that made it in the anime, but in the manga, when they have that bit where they're playing the guitar, like you can't really see what the design is, but it very clearly says Jimi Hendrix at the top of it. Oh yeah, <laughs> That's yeah, amazing. It's, and it's like, all right, you've you've told me a lot about this man's age and priorities with that bit. Thank you, thank you, Gage. That's, that's good. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you, show. Thank, thank you, Jujutsu guys. I appreciate it. Uh. 
He has the no, air of a man who purchases records and never listens to them. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh, he does. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The thing I, yeah, the thing I really wonder about his power is that, like, yeah, I wonder if it's that very, if it's a very specific thing of it's the only way his power works, or if it's just he really likes the guitar. Because I think either interpretation is just really funny. <laughs> oh, I, I 100% that got, I 100% by this guy used to be like cool hot shit when he was young, and he was gonna oh, yeah. fight the system, and then he turned into the system as he got older. <laughs> oh yeah, I buy it. Some, some, re some real meet the new boss, same as the old boss energy to that guy. <laughs> yeah, I buy that. I buy that energy 100%. <laughs> like, holy shit, man. <laughs> no, I like Kyle. Kyle is the crotchety old man. I want to fucking punch him in the sun right now. <laughs> Grandpa Boomer. He, he is he is wonderfully loathsome. Oh, I hate yes. I hate him so much. <laughs> but it's those kind of performances where you enjoy them because you hate them so no, much. No, absolutely, absolutely. Kyle plays it really, really well. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Great. And and now. Uh, let's talk about the best character in this section, not of me. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Nanami, again, is a goddamn moon. <laughs> he's, he's the kind of guy who's like, sick of your bullshit. Like, the grumpy guy at work who just wants to go home. <laughs> and hates everything. <laughs> <laughs> But he's still, like, a stiff shirt of sorts and just is, like, a stickler for doing things the correct way. <laughs> like, you get the impression that Nanami is, like, when you first meet Nanami, that he's actually one of the most normal human beings you could ever freaking <laughs> interact with. And then when you get into his backstory and how he's, like... Both this and this suck, but I guess I'll do this because it's more interesting. It's like, ah, there it is. Yep. <laughs> There's the crazy. Uh. There's the crazy. Yeah, he just gives off very tired millennial energy. And it is worth noting, even though yeah. he is, like, a stickler for the rules, he does value his time very much. Like, Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, he does. Like, very much. Yeah, like, even when he's fighting Mahito, he's like, okay, I went in at nine today, so, like, no matter what happens, I'm getting out of here by six. Yep. <laughs> yep. And then it's like, oh, well, I guess I have to go into overtime now. <laughs> he's not happy about it. No, he's not. And then he fucking beats Mahito almost to a goddamn pulp, and he's like, alright, I'm just gonna go now. I don't have time for this shit. It's like, wait, why? <laughs> None of you, why? <laughs> and he said, rubble. <laughs> Basically tries to crush Mahito. It's like, oh my yeah. god. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I also just love a lot of his interactions with Uzi, where, like, that, that yeah. Where Yuji very clearly does not want to be treated like a kid, but yes. but Nanami's whole thing is like, well, like, like if you're a kid, you're a kid. Like, there's nothing wrong with being a kid, but like, you're a kid. And I just basically just like just love his whole speech about like what it, being an adult means. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's it's one of yep. it's one of those situations for Nanami where like when he says that if you're a kid, then you're a kid. Where it's one of those things where he's like considering all the shit that Jujutsu sorcerers end up going through. It also kind of give off in my brain in a weird way. Um, Nanami is also trying to protect Yuji oh, a little bit. Oh, definitely. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Like, Nanami's trying to be good and helpful in his own weird, strict way. 
He's also- trying to be a balancing influence to Gojo, who he fears will lead <laughs> Yuki down the wrongest of paths. Yes! <laughs> Fucking okay. We haven't brought this up yet. Can I also mention? So at the end of the sh- end of each episode, there's this little little kind of lighthearted section called Juju Stroll. And the first episode where we're really introduced to Nanami, <laughs> the juju stroll for that one is fucking Gojo trying to get Nanami's attention, and Nanami straight up ignores him the whole fucking time. And the way that he finally gets Nanami's attention is Nanami's at the vending machine. He feels he's trying to get money from his pocket. He feels a note. He opens it up, it's from Gojo, and all it is is a drawing and the word penis. Anonymous <laughs> <laughs> just like, you motherfucker. <laughs> so fucking great! <laughs> if, if that does not explain the dynamic between Gojo and Nanami in like, a, like 30 seconds, basically, I don't know what else will. <laughs> so great! Yeah. I love it. <laughs> like, I love both Nanami and Gojo. They are two different types of like weird dad millennial energy. <laughs> like, I love them both. It's not even funny. <laughs> I love them both. <laughs> is that, yeah. I really love David Vincent and Nanami. I'm sorry. Is that, yeah, is that, yeah. Again, I do want to bring up like that whole that's like weird speech he does when he. That type where he's like, oh, you know, like, mature doesn't make you an adult, like, mm-hmm. so, so, like, like, finding out you have, like, finding out you're having, you have gray hair, it's like, your favorite band is a longer in style, stuff like that, all those little despairs of what make you an adult, and I brought that yeah. up because, like, when I'm on, because when I'm on Red Hat, that, what was it you said exactly? Oh, I, I, I read that and my immediate thought, I, I, I saw, I saw David deliver this speech and my immediate thought was, Steely Dan fan. <laughs> <laughs> His, his, his favorite album is Gaucho, but his favorite song is Deacon Blues because he finds something uh, compelling about a song about a sub- go-nowhere suburban loser whose main goal in life is to be a slightly cooler form of go-nowhere suburban loser. That's amazing. <laughs> it also also used to work in high finance. Very cliche to be a silly damn man. <laughs> also just being a flat-out tired millennial dad. Oh, F's, F, he... Absolutely! <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, Listen, there, I still love Nanami, I don't care. <laughs> there, there, there are too many characters in the show that I like to have an actual favor, but Nanami gets the closest, because he is... I, I, he is... Yeah. He's cool, and he's just hysterical. I love David's performance so much. He is such the correct <laughs> level of just, like, I'm going to do my job well because it's worth doing well. Having said that, I hate all of you. <laughs> yes. I resent that I have to be here to deal with you. <laughs> it's such... Again, Nanami is a fucking mood. Like, it's not even funny. It works, and David makes it work so fucking well. It's so great. I love it. No, like, it, you're right. Like, it's hard to have an actual favorite character in this show. Nanami does come pretty close. Gojo's also very fucking up there. Because <laughs> reasons. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's fucking Gojo. That's <laughs> it. Yeah, I also do appreciate that he did sound like a little more somber when like we go over his whole backstory. 
Is that, like, I definitely do like, in particular, like, that whole speech he had, like, the way in the bakery where he's like, where he's like, you know, if you really think about it, like, you work in, like, you work in a bakery, your job is important. Like, people would definitely care if, like, a bakery shut down, but all I do is, like, right. make rich people richer, and no one would really care if I was no longer here. I was, yeah. Like, I read that line the first time, and I was like, man, if that's not a mood. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. The delivery on Again, that is just perfect. It's so good. I love it. Uh, but yeah, the, uh, but yeah, Anatomy is great. Davis and Delivery is just, it's perfect. This was a great casting yep. choice. Yep, <laughs> I love it. Give us more Anatomy. Especially Anatomy and Gojo interactions. Those are fucking great. <laughs> they're both moods and they're so dumb. It's great. Um, so, uh, any other comments you had on this section of characters? I don't think so. Ah, uh, cool. Then, uh, in that case, we will go from the faculty to some of the students. Uh, specifically, some of the students of the Kyoto Bridge. Uh, we have Mekamaru, Cosby Miwa, Noritoshi Kamo, Momo Nishimiya, and Maizenin, and Aoi Toto. Mekamaru is, well, basically... Toto, I'm sorry! Toto! <laughs> uh, I'm sorry! I will... He, he is a lot. Uh, so... I can't, I can't, I'm sorry I keep interrupting, but fuck some of these characters. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so, uh, Mechamaru is basically just a robot that can use Kurt's energy. Uh, he also has a human operating him who is just, like, wrapped up in a bunch of bandages. He, he's very sad. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was a real bummer. <laughs> Uh, he is sad panda. Yeah, uh, Miwa is basically just a very nice girl who became a soldier to, to support her family because she's poor. And she's also just basically a secret Gojo fan girl. Uh, her oh cur- my god. Uh, her curse technique allows her to automatically cut anything that comes within a certain radius of her. Noritoshi uh, is the only combo clan and his curse technique lets him manipulate blood. Uh, Momo is a close friend of mine and... Uh, I don't think it's ever really explained exactly what her curse does, but she's basically just a Ghibli witch reject. I mean, just, just look at that hair. <laughs> oh, you're not wrong. Oh, harsh, man. <laughs> not wrong, though. <laughs> Let's be real here. He's not wrong. <laughs> that is Momo in a nutshell. <laughs> Uh, uh, moving on, uh, Mai is the twin sister of Maki and resents her for having left the Zenin clan to pursue her own goals. Uh, her curse technique allows her to make physical objects with curse energy, but apparently it consumes a lot, so she can't make anything bigger than a bullet, apparently. Uh, lastly, Toto is, well, uh... Toto. Uh, Toto is basically just a huge Chad, and he's also an idol stand. <laughs> <laughs> when, the, when the internet talks about men of culture, they're talking about Toto. Yes. I see you are a man of culture as well. That is Toto in a nutshell. Yeah, he's oh a, my god. Yeah, he's also just very extremely loud and open about his tall girl big butt fetish, which you know what? Good for him. I mean, good for him. But the, with Toto, oh my god. It's it starts one of the most random and weirdest of bromances in the fucking show. Uh, <laughs> and I can't help but die. Yeah. <laughs> like, what the fuck? 
there, there are a lot of moments during the show where something happens, and I just think the people who made this are geniuses. Yes. And Toto having his little, like, fantasy flashback about being in high junior high with Yuji <laughs> is right up there. <laughs> I love the because later he... one, too, where he's, um... He's with the uh, the idol he likes, and she's basically yes. walking through the scenario with him as he's trying yes. to figure out um, Hanami's oh powers. Oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> like <laughs> Toto is like crazy to the nth degree. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, also, uh, his first technique lets him switch places with anyone by clapping his hands. Uh, he can even have other people and an object switch places with each other, which actually makes it pretty busted. And also, it is called, and I kid you not, the Boogie Woogie. Yeah, the boogie. <laughs> 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 not, no, no, not, no. not since that one uh, digital lady in Psycho Pass was named Spooky Boogie have I laughed so hard. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. No, but, um, fuck. What was I gonna say? No, his um, his bromance with fucking Itadori. So <laughs> I watched most of the show in the past few days, and Andrew was watching it with me because he hadn't actually finished the show yet. He didn't get to finish it with me today because he was at work. But he watched. He watched the start of this bromance. I was like, "Hey, babe, you ready for the best bromance ever?" He's like, "What the fuck am I watching?" He <laughs> says, "Dark dying." <laughs> so good. Uh, <laughs> oh my god, it's so fucking great. <laughs> oh shit. Uh, anyway, yeah. So anyway, we should uh, get to who plays these characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for Mechamaru, we have Kisuber scene again. Uh, who has played all these stuff I mentioned before, and also he took in Hunter x Hunter 2011, and Lupin the Third in the Koyuki vs. Lupin movies. Uh, Cosme Miwa is played by Lego Clark, who has played such characters as Gade and Buko Straydrogs, Barbara in The Promised Neverland Season 2, and Peter Hui in Sword Art Online Alternative Gungo Online. And Oritoshi Kamo is played by Lady McDonald, who has played such characters as Rampo and Agawa in Buko Straydrogs. Catherine in Infinity Force, and Rohan Kishibe in the Spick Kishibe Rohan. Uh, Momi, Momo Nisibia is played by Terra Sands, who again has played everything I mentioned before, as well as Kara Kamiya in Digimon Adventure Tribe, and Bulbasaur in the early seasons of Pokemon. I forgot she's Bulbasaur, that's funny. There's, there, there's a fun fact for you. Uh, uh, lastly, um, uh, Toto is played by Xander Mobis, who is- You forgot about Mai. As I- oh. Oh, dude, I did. Uh, Mai is played by Lord Post, who has played such character- Who has played, uh, basically every evil anime mob you can think of. Uh, but specifically- <laughs> <laughs> uh, yep. uh, but specifically, uh, Rakio in Kill a Kill, uh, Isabella in The Promise Everland, and- that's right, and uh, to mix it up a bit, uh, Diane in Little Witch Academia. Uh, lastly, Zander, lastly, Toto is played by Xander Mobis, who has played such characters as Momosuke Otsutsuki in Boruto Naruto Next Generations, Okura Mori in the new Detective Conan movies, and for all you Persona fans out there, Ranamamiya, a.k.a. Joker for Persona 5. 
Can we start out with the fact that four out of six of these people are double tri- triple casted? Yeah, I will say for at least like most of these, they're like they like they are played secretly enough that you would not be able to immediately tell unless you were very familiar with these actors. With what? W- with what exception? And I guess we might as well just rip off the bandaid. I'm so sad by this. Uh, so, yeah, let's start with Keith uh, Silverstein as Mechamaru because, again, we mentioned it before, but yeah, uh, he also plays the principal, and those two sound almost exactly the same. Mm-hmm. I will say I this, do- though. Um, at the very least, um, his Mechamaru had the vocal filter applied to it, so you could at the very least tell them apart. Yeah, yeah, you killed them apart when they had the vocal filter, but he did not have the vocal filter whenever you saw, like, the actual Mechamaru, and he did not have yeah. it, like... And he also didn't have the vocal filter whenever he was, like, doing internal monologues. So True. we switched from that to uh, Principal Yaga doing narration. That's like, like, I, upon rewatch, I could kind of tell when Keith was switching it up. But the first time, they sounded almost, they sounded pretty much exactly the same, and it was, like, jarring. Yeah. I can say the same thing when I first watched the fight between Mechamaru and Panda. I was very confused as to who actually was talking. The second time I managed to figure it out, but like... <sighs> yeah, again, I do not... I'm very sad. Yeah, again, I do not understand why Keith is not directed to have those two sound different. I'm very yeah. sad. Because, I mean, because he has a lot of rage, he could definitely mm-hmm. do it. I do not understand why he was directed to have them sound the same. Yeah, I don't get it either. And it's kind of sad. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean, for what it's worth, like he sounds fine otherwise. Like he does everything he needs to here. I mean, he, he did a pretty okay job with Mechamaru. Like, yeah, right. If, if the principal did not exist, Mechamaru would have been fine. Yeah, like he did, a, like he did a pretty fine job with like Mechamaru. It's like a whole sad backstory, which is basically. Oh my like, god, Mechamaru is just so tragic. It's like, how? Which like, is basically, he was born with what was, what is called, like, a heavenly pact, where where he was born with the ability to use a current technique, but in exchange for that, he, uh, he was, he's basically been bedridden since the day he was born, like, yeah. he has a bunch of bandages, even going outside, like, burns his skin, so, he just sits in the bathtub. Yeah. He's... <laughs> Oh my god, this is how Andrew described him. You know the, um, <clears throat> you know the character from Spongebob that, uh, Spongebob and Patrick interact with one time, who's all in bandages, and he says, I, I'm, my body's made of entirely of glass, and then he just starts f- going down the stairs, and every, like, time he hits a stair, like, you hear glass shatters, like, oh, 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 god. <laughs> That's Mechamaru. <laughs> That is exactly Mechamaru. <laughs> yeah, pretty like, much. Uh, I did very much enjoy his fight with Panda, though. That was cool. It was good. Oh, Panda fight's great. Panda fight's great. We love Panda. <laughs> no, but, like, if Yaga did not exist, this would have been fine. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm gonna be honest, I didn't notice. I know you didn't notice. <laughs> I still didn't notice. I know. Now that, now that I know what character you're talking about, it was just like, that's ah, a Look, a lot of adult men sound more or less the same to me anyways, so, like, the fact that those two sound vaguely similar didn't really register as much of anything. Ah. I think it's. Because I love Keith Service as an actor, no, I, you and know, I think that's a problem. It's just. 
I think that's the problem. I love Keith Silverstein. If you ask me right now, what does he sound like? I could not give you an actual answer. <laughs> <laughs> like, what does he sound like? It's like a guy. I don't know. He sounds like a man. <laughs> I, I, I like that's him, it. but I generally can't recognize him very well just by voice alone. And so, double like extreme double casting like this doesn't register nearly as. Uh, that's like, if, fair. Ian Sin- if you did this for like Ian Sinclair, I would spot that immediately. Like, I know exactly what he sounds like. Keith, in comparison, I don't know as well. Gotcha. No, that's fair. Like, I, 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 I've gotten a handle of what Keith Silverstein can act that can sound like. <laughs> so, unfor- unfortunately, you're Ian Sinclair. This is me. <laughs> well, that's unfortunate. It's very unfortunate because he's a very good actor. It's. Uh, I'm. I am a little sad that it's just not directed differently for Mechamaru. Yeah. A, but if the principal didn't exist, it would be fine. Yeah. Yeah. A, yeah. Yeah. Again, this is like the what is this is. And it's basically just the what is this is where the double casting of the show like actually bothered me. Well, As, I, so, I mean, I will admit the other time it slightly bothered me was actually with Xander, and not for the reasons you think. This, uh, okay, okay, yeah, I can kind of understand that one too. It's not, yeah, I, yeah, it's not, it's definitely nowhere near as bad as this was, but I can't, but I can't understand that. Yeah, right, because Xander has Xander plays three characters. One of which we're going to talk about later, but the other one is one of the random offshoot villains that shows up during this fucking arc, and it almost sounds like Toto, almost. Yeah, it, yeah, it is. Yeah, it is lower pits than Toto, but if you were paying attention, you could probably tell they are the same actor. Yeah, I mean, thankfully <laughs> they didn't have a scene interact with each other. Yeah, yeah, they never interact, so it's not like super bad, but it is like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's one. It's one of those moments where the double casting doesn't quite work as well there, um, but the ones that uh, Tara Sands also actually comes close in a little bit to me, only because it's like the Vulcan reflections are similar. It's just the tone is different between Momo Otahi- and Utahina. Yeah, so, yeah, I'm not gonna lie. Until I heard like Tara's very specific Vulcan inflections, I had no idea she was playing Utahime too. Yeah. <laughs> like, it, it took me a minute, but, like, going through the second time, I picked up on it more. I'm like, ah, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, yeah, so in that respect, I can actually say the double... It sounds fine. Yeah. She's a pain-in-the-ass little kid, but... Okay, uh, okay, uh, yeah, again, again, Ghibli Witch. Yeah. Ghibli Witch. Yes. Yes. But, ah. Uh, That's like, oh, yeah. Miwa is sweet as can be. Can I just say... Miwa is sweet as can be. <laughs> she just is so sweet and nice to everyone. Ah, uh, yeah, she's she's definitely just the one nice person among this group. Yes. <laughs> and mm-hmm. she also goes through so much shit. Yeah. She's so nice, and then everybody basically takes a shit on her. It's not even funny. Like, <laughs> and the fact that she kind of likes Gojo is absolutely used against her. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. She gets fucking the ass beat out of her by Maki. Like, Mai and Momo in the middle of the night during during one of the Juju stroll segments, like, they steal her edamame. Everybody's mean to Miwa. Yeah, I, yeah, I was just enjoying that one bit where, like, after the whole big fight, it's like, hey, useless Miwa here. I don't think I'm actually useless, but I didn't sleep through this whole fight when I broke up, like, when I woke up, my sword was broken too, and I don't know why. <laughs> the whole thing yeah. is just very funny. Yeah, I don't like her doing a little bit of asleep. 
She's like, I didn't get, uh, like, while everybody else was fighting, I was just asleep. <laughs> I'm like, oh, oh, sweetheart, I'm sorry. Hey, meanwhile, you gotta be nice to yourself. Look at this way, Gojo thinks your bangs are cool. That's something. Go- yeah, Gojo seems to like you, kind of. <laughs> I'm sure Gojo likes all of his fangirls. You didn't have to fight oh, the plant shit. monster. Yeah, that too. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> But no, Allegra was very, very sweet and adorable. I really liked her. Ah, uh, 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 yeah, I always, I, I always enjoy her. Allegra, she, uh, she has a lot of range, uh, which is uh, definitely See, going to be important later. <laughs> I'll say what's funny is I'm more used to like the deeper sounding Allegra. <laughs> That's what I'm more used to. I'm not used to this. So I'm like, oh shit! <laughs> uh, yes, yeah, I'm a little used to this because I walk because the very first thing I heard her in was in Fate of Alcafar, where he played uh, literally three different characters in that show, and they all sounded different from each other. Oh, oh yeah, I never watched Fate of but I imagine, <laughs> holy shit! Yeah, yeah, to the point where like there were several points where those characters interacted with each other, and literally, if I did not have the credits in front of me, you would not be able to convince me they were the same person. Oh shit! <laughs> uh, so uh, other characters in this section, uh, Lana McDonald as a uh, combo. I mean, he's basically just a very straight laced guy. Like he's fine. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't yeah. do a particular yeah. lot outside of his fight. No, not really. Yeah, we, yeah. He's, he, he's a good serious sad boy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's a very sad boy. I was like, oh yeah, we do like very. Briefly get his backstory where apparently, where apparently like his dad is the head of his clan, but his mom is like a concubine, so he's yeah, he's basically a bastard child. He's basically a bastard child, but magically has the fucking freaking technique for the clan. So well, that's yeah, that's that's what's worked about it is he's the bastard kid, but he's made the heir because none of the legitimate heirs were any good. Yeah, right. <laughs> like that's, that's a lot. Really that's a lot it. to put on a kid. Wow, great job, guys. Thanks, look at guys. this. You get, look at this. You ruined a perfectly good child. You gave it anxiety. <laughs> great. That's fantastic. Uh, but yeah, Landon did a really good job of making him uh, sound very straight laced. Also worth noting that out of this entire group, he's the one most willing to go along with Principal Boomer's plans to kill you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then, can and I just say... And he comes close. I love... You guys come close. And can I fucking say, the baseball game where uh, Kamo is fucking going to, going to bat, and um, Itadori is the catcher, right? And Kano's just, like, asking him why he became a jiu-jitsu sorcerer, and he... Itadori gives his reason, and he's just thinking about it while sitting there, and he gets struck out because he's just not doing a fucking thing. <laughs> he's like, ah, oh, that is a good reason. And it's like, boom, boom, boom. And everybody Ow. on Kyoto's side is just like, why didn't you swing your bat? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I appreciate like, it. Like, he just listens to you, see that explanation, and he's just like, yeah, you know what? Okay, sure. <laughs> okay, sure. <laughs> Fuck it. Why not? I suppose. <laughs> this is good. No, I really do like Landon, and I'm getting more accustomed to um, Landon as an actor because before this, the only other times I really like got into hear them, hear him um, would be in Bungo as Edagawa and uh, as Rompo, and um, recently uh, the Rohan Kishibe OVAs. Um, I'm like, okay. 
I can see this. I hear it. Okay, I like that. <laughs> like, it's very interesting. I really like him. And he, he does really good with combo. I want to hear more of Landon for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Uh, Laura Post is my is uh, definitely pretty interesting. Uh, because, uh, like most Laura Post roles, it sounds very sultry and confident. Uh, which, is, uh, which is definitely pretty good because that's definitely the way Mai introduces herself in front of Adobar and Megami. Uh, it's also, like, something that's pretty funny. I definitely got a good kick out of that one, uh, bit in, uh, Juju's role where, like, Toto drags her to an idol event and she ends up falling for, like, the idol. Uh, yes. Uh, which is particularly funny because that idol is also played by, like, is also played by Laura Post. And it's funny because <laughs> and it's also because and it's funny because Laura Post mentions on Twitter that she ships those two characters. <laughs> That's amazing. Bless you. <laughs> nice. That's great. I love it. <laughs> Fucking love it. No, like Laura, de- my definitely has like this really tough exterior because of all the shit she had to she was put through because of Maki, and she blames Maki for a good portion of it. But all Maki wants to do is just like be her own person instead of just being stuck as a goddamn servant in the household for all for all of her fucking life. Like, she wants to be her own person and, like, achieve her goal of being a really good jujitsu sorcerer and, I, and the head of the clan. Mai is just like, why? Why, why, why you do this? <laughs> and she just, like, gets very pissed at Maki about it. But, like, the fight between Mai and Maki is very... I really enjoyed it a lot, and the dynamic between the two sisters. Um, especially when Mai finally breaks down, and she's like, why couldn't you just be happy with staying with me? Like, why couldn't you just, like, put up with this? And Maki's just like, I wouldn't be true to myself if I did. Honestly. So, Maki's pretty straightforward with her motivations, honestly. Yeah. Which is really great. And yeah. I mean, but uh, my just kind of just sits there, just stuck. To be fair, though, because it sucks is a very valid reason. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and and to describe the the twin the sisters' powers and their abilities, it's very interesting because you describe my my can see the curses. We haven't brought this up yet. Maki can't. <laughs> Maki cannot. She has like zero curse energy. So she uses cursed tools when she fights. So it's very interesting. So theoretically in the Zenin clan, oh, not theoretically, in reality, neither of them, because they're both female, and because they also don't really have good, like, cursed powers and shit, none, neither of them could be the heir for the Zenin clan. So <laughs> they, they are fucking relegated to servitude at that point. And Maki has is, just wants none of that shit. <laughs> yeah. Like their backs, the, the backstory for the twins is very, very interesting, and the dynamic between Laura and uh, Maki's actress is also really good. I, I I love I love their fight. Honestly, it was really good. And Mai just kicks ass. So, oh, yeah. She's a no nonsense kind of woman. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I yeah, I definitely did uh, appreciate Laura's delivery during that whole fight. I thought she did a really good job of getting uh, 
by turns up and across really well where where you definitely where like you can definitely at the very least understand her point of view even if it is like maybe a little pathetic in a sense mm-hmm. so I just had where it's like oh I mean like why couldn't you just stay at the bottom with me like yeah we were stuck at the bottom but I mean all we had to do was a few chores we didn't have to fight curses and, uh, and also, we, we, we had each other so what is it like yeah, and also I do preview the review where she's like, I didn't even want to be a Jujutsu Sorcerer, like, I really hate fighting curses, and I thought, well, we got that across really well. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Because Maya, in reality, is actually really scared of them. Ever since she was a little girl, so. And so, yeah, uh, Laura did really well there, and so, now, uh, let's talk about <laughs> the problem <laughs> the biggest the bro who could ever bro <laughs> Toto I, I love Xander Momus as Toto I really love it uh. Toto like you described him pretty accurately Jed he's essentially a fucking Chad <laughs> but he's yep. the Chad and Nidal stand <laughs> oh my god his Toto interactions comes across with, with this like his interactions no, with sorry, just about everyone are great. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't fucking care. He he's, he has this like m- like beefy meathead kind of energy to him, but he also like in a weird way does respect women. Weirdly enough, <laughs> like like he loves. He loves Takata, <laughs> but like you can at least see that he still respects her. He doesn't like go after her in a weird, creepy way. Like he he politely goes to like handshake events and is just so sweet to her. So you can tell he probably respects women. He's just a dumbass sometimes. <laughs> there's like there's like a Juju stroll where they're they're like showing him like watching like an interview she's doing on TV and she's like giving a lot of weird answers, and at one point her co-host says, like, are you drunk? And he's like, <laughs> she probably is drunk. This is great. <laughs> I, 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 yeah, I love the very specific thing about that is that, like, before that whole thing, like, uh, there's a bit where Principal Boomer is, like, telling all the Kyoto kids to go kill Yuji, and, like, and, like, and Charlie's very specific response to that is, like, no, I gotta go home and, like, like, no, I wanna go home and record a talking event. <laughs> I gotta go... <laughs> no, 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 no. His... <laughs> His argument about that with fucking Landon's character. It's like, you need to stay here. No, I'm gonna go watch it. You can record it. No, I'm going to record it and watch it in real time. Fuck <laughs> off. <laughs> that is the true. That is, oh, it's great. I must be faithful to Takata. I'm like, oh my god, it's great. And the other part about, of his character that I really enjoyed is that he's an absolute meathead, but he's also yeah. frighteningly intelligent. Particularly yeah. when it comes to fighting. Oddly enough, he's he's the stereotypical meathead Chad, but he's also not the stereotypical meathead Chad. If that makes sense. He 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 he's he is smart, but he can only express it in very chatty ways. There we yes. go. Like like having a fa- like having a fantasy spot in his mind where he talks with the idol lady. He likes to start out a problem. It's like, wait, something's amiss here. I need to figure this out. <laughs> Yeah, like, and he has, like, what did he fucking call it? A 5,000-something IQ? 530,000. 
<laughs> and on the side, the text self-proclaimed. <laughs> oh, God. It's great. No. Fucking... <laughs> Fucking Xander is, like, if anything, Xander's the star in this section, 100%. Oh, yeah. Like, like you can't even tell me otherwise. Because <laughs> he's such a weird-ass ball of energy, uh-huh. but it's so great. Yeah, it's definitely very interesting because when I was casting a show in my mind, I like, I thought to myself, you know, this is definitely where they're going to put KD tags. I'm definitely very surprised when Xander Mobius showed up here. <laughs> I'm not used to Xander Mobius sounding this deep, mostly because I still mostly know Xander Mobius from playing Persona 5, where he just sounds like a teenager. I'm yeah. not used to really Xander Mobius as Mobius at all. So I think this is actually, for me, the first time I'm actually talking about Xander in a, in a, in a show, in hmm. a podcast. So I think it's mine <laughs> as well. he plays three. He plays three fucking characters in this show. Oh. oh, right. Before I forget, I want you mentioned that. I looked it up. And yes, he plays my favorite of the bit villains. He plays the guy who wants to turn Gojo into a coat rack. Yes. <laughs> I love, okay. I love him. He's so weird. <laughs> I, I, I love that there's, I love that there's actually just a doo stroll where he goes over how he makes coat racks. How he would make the I coat rack if it was so Gojo. much. It's like, you should not. This should not be broadcast on this time slot, and you did it anyway. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> like, like that's the one instance. That's the other instance in terms of like the double casting where it, 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 questionable, but it still fucking works. It still fucking works. <laughs> oh god, and we're not even. We haven't even gotten to the other character that Xander voices yet either. <laughs> like, but <laughs> fuck them. Toto is the biggest fucking bro that could ever fucking bro in a bromance. Like I don't. <laughs> But, say, yeah, I yeah, I think my favorite part of that whole joke is that, like, he and Yuji have a really great romance during that whole fight. And then afterwards, right. you're like, Yuji stops out of it, he's like, wait, why would I hang out with you again? <laughs> yeah, and then, no, 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 no. When, um, when, uh, Itadori, uh, Nobor- Nobura and Fuchigoro are just chilling with Fuchigoro because he was injured during that and he's healing up and they're having pizza. And then all of a sudden Toto shows up, he's like, yeah, my bro is pretty amazing. And they're like, the fuck? And instantly, Yuji's <laughs> instant reaction to jump out the fucking window and run. <laughs> he's like, <laughs> what is the funniest race for Yuji too? He's just like, I never went to your middle school, what the fuck? And I, 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 I also love the whole bit during the baseball game where like the two of them are talking and then like someone hits them in the face with a baseball. Yeah, and everyone's and just, yeah, everyone. just like nice pitch mocking. Yuji's just like Toto. Yeah, and then Yuji's just like, oh my god, everyone hates you. Yeah. <laughs> it's just fucking great. Like when you know that my my also chimes in and is like, yeah, that's a pretty good one, Maki. You know, they fucking hate you. Like, oh, oh god, it's so good. Toto is I got a whole beanball scene. It's great. Uh. Toto is this weird amalgamation, weird human being, but we love him anyway because it's fucking great. We don't care. Toto is just great. The biggest bro they could ever fucking bro. Oh. I'm sorry, we're gonna say something. I'm on. Ah, uh, he's great. Just amazing. <laughs> uh, 
Do you have anything else to add? I don't. I, I find I find their bromance weirdly sweet in a way, partially because when you when you're first introduced to him, where he basically just shows up and starts wailing on Fushigura, it's like you guys suck, dude. And it's like you're like, all right, maybe you're not so bad. Yeah. Because <laughs> the first question, he's like, "What kind of woman are you into?" Apparently, we learn that he got that habit from his fucking master, whoever the fuck she is. It it it's a beautiful extension of of um, Toto being smart, but only being able to express it in really meat-headed ways, because it's clearly yeah. like, uh, you, you, you know you know what you want, you have a sense of being about yourself, but it's like, hey, what's the most, like, <laughs> only thinks with your penis dude bro way to ask that, ask that concept? What kind of women do you like? <laughs> it works so fucking well. <laughs> it's great. I love it. Oh god! <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. One thing I will say about him in that in that in that respect, though, is that even though he is very specific about taste, he at least definitely where he does briefly banter like, "Yeah, you know what? If you're into dudes, that's cool too." And I can know what mad respect. You would not expect it from this guy, but mad respect. Mad respect. <laughs> oh yeah, mad respect. Like, oh shit. <laughs> no, no, no. Speaking of the. What kind of girls are you into? When fucking Higuchi explains that he's into girls like Jennifer Lawrence, it's basically the exact type of woman that Toto's into. He goes through that whole flashback thing like we were talking about earlier, and then the next thing you see, he's just standing there in the forest, like, tears going down his face, like, I have found my spirit brother. <laughs> I have found my brother. This is so fucking good. I love it. It's so dumb, but I love it. Mm, it's beautiful. It's beautiful, just like their bromance. <laughs> Dory does not want or need. <laughs> oh, shit. Okay, uh, we spent a pretty good amount of time in this section, so we probably should move on. Listen, we love yes, sluts. <laughs> Listen, Toto is worth it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, anyway, we talked about some kids, so now it's time to talk about curses. Curses! <laughs> curses! That's a very sad boy. Yeah. Uh, so, that, I, that I love. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, so here we have Mahito, Suguru Geto, Hanami, Joko, and Junpei Yori, because there really wasn't anywhere else I could put him. Yeah, Junpei. Hmm. My sad. Yeah, uh, so Mahito... So Mahito is a curse representing the fear and hostility all people have towards each other. And uh, his curse technique lets him transform souls and uh, basically turn people into weird monsters or meat puppets. Mahito's uh, so, scary. <laughs> yeah, uh, so is a mysterious monk who assists the curses in their plans to overthrow the Jesus of Sorcerers and eliminate Gojo. Uh, Potomy is a curse representing the fear all people have of the forest and nature. And uh, their curse basically wants them control plants and like using food drain curse energy and stuff. Uh, Jogo is a curse representing the fear all people have of the earth. And it never explains exactly what his curse does, but I mean, he does have a volcano for a head. And he can set people on fire, so I mean, that's pretty self explanatory. Uh, lastly, Junpei is an ordinary high schooler who's a bit of an edgelord to all the bullying he's gone through. And he, he becomes friends with Yuji while also having Mahito take him under his wing and uh, 
That ends very, very badly. It, ven- it ends with Seth being a sad person. I like Junpei. Yeah. I do. It ends with a sad. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It ends with a sad for Steph. Uh, uh, so anyway, playing Mahito, we have Luchin Dodge, who exploits those characters as Takamu Maizumi in its own world, Amro Ray in the modern incarnations of the Universal Universal Century stuff in Mobile Suit Gundam, and uh, Lord Elbeloid II, a.k.a. Wave of Velvet in both of the modern fate stuff. Uh, playing Tsuko Geta, we have Lex Wang, who exploits those characters as Blue Dragon and Blue Dragon, Goyamati Tsukawa in most versions of Blue the Third, and Kenshiro in the old mock entertainment dub of Fist of the North Star. Anami is played by Marie Westbrook, who doesn't really have a lot of anime credits aside from an unnamed role in Shironeko Zero Chronicle and uh, Kyoko Ozaki Bugo Stray Dogs, but she has done some voice work with video games and she's also done some on screen camera work. Including, weirdly, Amy Bade in Titanic 2. Like, I just found that randomly. What? She was in Titanic 2. I didn't even know there was a Titanic 2. Th- that's why I'm very confused. There was a Titanic 2. <laughs> Apparently. What? <laughs> okay. Sure, I guess. I feel like it was one of those ironic, made for some sort of television channel kind of deals. Oh, probably. Probably. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, Joko is played by our ADR director, Michael Sorek, who has also played such characters as Andromod in Digimon Adventure, Ubertino in Arte, and Deadpool in Mob Psycho 100. Lastly, Junpei is played by Nicholas Roy, who has played such characters as Nicole Ascard in My Next Life as a Villainous, Maki Kudo in Digimon Fusion, and because Megan would literally hunt me down if I did not mention it, Chia Nakamura in Blue Ghost Ray Dogs. Ha! Ah, <laughs> oh, Chuya. <laughs> um, uh, so I guess, um, uh, so I guess if he kind of has any least to do here, let's probably start with Ghetto. Uh, because he's basically just a man of mystery for, like, this first season. Yeah, I don't... The only thing we know about Ghetto, Ghetto is... He's involved with some sort of incident that happened prior to the start of the show. Like, it, like there are bits and pieces about, like, exposition that allude to that. Um, but we don't know the details of that right now. Um, but... <laughs> you're gonna think I'm fucking crazy. When I say this. Lex, Lang, and Ghetto, it sounds like an even more dickish Shigure Soma. If you can fucking believe it. Uh, I can kind of hear it. I mean, it definitely is... In some of it, it's definitely very interesting hearing Lex Lang here because... I mean, he hasn't, like, totally left anime, but he definitely doesn't do it as much these days. So I'm definitely very surprised to see his name here. Yeah. Like, I, I don't hear him in enough things. So it's a very interesting little treat to hear him pop up in this. Yeah, I think like yeah, like he re- uh, like he reprises Goemon constantly, but otherwise he doesn't really do that much anime nowadays. So mm-hmm. yeah, definitely very cool he was here. Yeah, but yeah, he doesn't. There's not really a lot to this character right now. Uh, yeah, his whole deal is probably not going to be explained until like maybe the beginning of the second season. 
It is pretty interesting, though, but uh, for now, he's just, like, a man of mystery, and uh, Lips does a pretty good job on him. Uh, he definitely does come off of, like, the smartest guy in the room about goalie skirts buddies, and I think Lux gets that across pretty well. Yeah. Yeah, because, let's face it, the curses that he's working with aren't the smartest bunch sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> Jogo. <laughs> Mahito. Hanami at least has some sense. <laughs> Hanami has a little bit of sense. <laughs> Mahito and especially Jogo are stupid. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Uh, anything do you say about Hanami? I like Marie. I like her a lot, actually. Because Hanami, she's described... Like, you described her as, like, the fear of, like, nature and all this kind of stuff and, like, destruction of nature. So the way that I could think of it for Marie is she kind of has this ethereal, mystical, kind of mythical kind of voice to her. Like, almost on the level of, like, a, like a god in a sense, if that makes sense. It's like she's mother- she's like the incarnate of like mother nature and all the bad parts of it. If that- I think that's probably the best way to put it. And I think it works very well, honestly. I really like it. Does it yeah, yeah, like yeah. the first time we hear Hanami speak is just like this speech about like <laughs> it's a speech about like how, you know, humans are destroying the planet and how mm-hmm. Mother Nature needs more time. And like, you know what? Uh that's definitely very relatable. I mean, seriously, the Gulf of Mexico was on fire last week. Mm, yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. So, uh, definitely a very understandable sentiment there. Yeah. <laughs> and, you yeah. know... Global warming? That doesn't exist. Yeah, fuck all. I, I found it interesting with the other cursed spirits talking about... about uh, Hanami outside of its presence, and it's just like... From the sound of it, it's not even particularly a cursed spirit per se. Um, they describe it as a nature spirit that's on the verge of becoming a curse. Yeah. I think that's how they describe it, yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah, but, yeah, which again, if it's going for um, obvious nature metaphor, that definitely makes sense. Because, uh, because again... People suck. More or less. <laughs> yeah, yeah, people more or less suck. A lot. Yeah, but yeah, I, yeah, but I definitely didn't like Marie here. This is my mm-hmm. first time ever really hearing her at anything, but she does have like a very addicting and kind of powerful voice, so I definitely appreciated it. I also did kind of like Hanami's uh, whole like little conversation with Mahito about like, oh, you know, you're a curse. Like, you should follow your interests and like enjoy yourself more when you're fighting people. And how, yeah. and how, like, you actually can hear Hanami get, like, a little more excited while uh, they're fighting uh, Yuji and Toto. That was pretty fun. Because out of all of the curses, basically, in this section, obviously, with the exceptions of Geto and um, Junpei, because they're both human. Um, well, I assume Geto's human at this point, because, I mean, he's... Never mind. Hanami seems like the most reserved. Between Mahito, Hanami, and Jogo, she seems the most reserved. And it kind of brings a different dynamic and balance between the cur- like the special grade curses, and I actually really like that a lot, honestly. Can I? 
<laughs> Can I also just say, the first time we actually hear Marie uh, as Hanami, because before this, any interactions with Hanami, like, her, her voice is very distorted and, like, in a weird language you don't understand. Um, <laughs> the fucking Juju stroll that's at the end is <laughs> fucking... Hanami's all sad because Jogo ruined her plans at school. <laughs> uh. I mean, it's just the cutest and sweetest thing. To which Mahito in a fucking sailor uniform is a weird image in yeah, and yeah, I yeah, I definitely appreciate both Mahito <laughs> and uh, both Mahito and Hanami were in like, sailor uniforms. That was amazing. <laughs> I mean, Hanami, I, Hanami, like, even though she looks very, very, she's not human, it makes sense, because Hanami, like, for all intents and purposes, kind of presents female, I guess, but Mahito in a fucking salary outfit, where Mahito presents as a boy, mostly, like, that's just fucking nuts, and I think, didn't he have the pigtails or some shit, too, I think? Yeah, I think so. I think he did. <laughs> I was like, what in the actual fuck is this? <laughs> I just couldn't stop. And then, oh my god, the little end of that juju stroll where Hanami realizes, wait, this soil wasn't good enough for the plants anyway. And then Jogo shows up and he's just all shy and not like shy and embarrassed about shit. And it's like, oh no, is this one of those weird ass high school romance shit that they're doing right now? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> it is, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. I was uh, like, oh my god. Uh, on that note, uh, let's talk about Volcano Head and Jogo. God. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Jogo is fucking dumb. I, 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 I'm sorry, well, go ahead. You can, you can start. Oh, I love this because he sounds like a henchman from an 80s cartoon. Oh yeah, my god, actually, he does. You're right. his, his, his bebop and rocksteady vibe is so strong, and I love it. Thank you, Michael. Which is great. <laughs> what I love. Great, I love it. I absolutely love the scene where they are introducing Jogo to the audience, mm. where he's, he's talking with Ghetto in the restaurant. And then yes. all of a sudden, at random, just within the radius of um, of Jogo, just people just randomly set on fire. Yep. Yeah, I, I really don't like the one bit before that happens. You just see, like, one restaurant worker who's just like, my instance you're telling me to go nowhere near that table. And then he just straight up quits, and he's like, I'm out! And he's the That's one survivor, basically, because of that. Yeah, smart guy. Smart man. Smart man. Like, it's great, because they, they're having this conversation, you know, about, um, about Sakuna, and how, oh, they need to get more fingers, and, but they need to be very mm -hmm. careful about how they do this. Well, in the meantime, right, because like... because they also have to deal with Gojo. Well, in the meantime, like, every human within the radius of their conversation just spontaneously combusts. Like, it is an absolutely <laughs> intimidating... Scene of introduction it for is. them. It is. Yeah. And then the fight with Gojo. Yeah, I appreciate that big fight of Gojo, which is basically just to show how strong Gojo is. Yes. <laughs> it's just Gojo getting dumped on constantly. <laughs> like, the whole point of that fight is to show that Gojo is OP as fuck. Yeah. But I also like the fact <laughs> that Jogo just, survives. Like, it's dunked on so hard. 
Yeah. <laughs> the fact that Jogo somehow fucking survived that, mostly because of Hanami. Hanami is good. <laughs> Hanami is, the, like, cares. <laughs> if she didn't care, your ass was done, Jogo. <laughs> yeah, I definitely just appreciate how, like, over the course of that entire fight, like, Jogo goes from sounding, like, really cocky and confident to, like, man, I might be screwed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and then it's the, the funniest thing is like it's one of those I told you so kind of things because Gato was telling him, No, we shouldn't do it this way, you dumbass. He's like, How strong do you think I am compared to Gojo right now? I was like, Oh, well, maybe or this or Sukuna. And it's like, Oh, I made this. And then Gojo's like, I'll take care of this shit. And Gato's just like, I don't know, but that's not a good idea. <laughs> it's one of those I told you so moments after his ass gets handed to him. And then he's like, oh dumped into the uh, the water spirits realm. And then the next conversation yes. they have after he loses is just like, okay, yeah, you know what? We're going to go with your plan. <laughs> yeah, I think my favorite bit of that is that like, after like Gojo rips his head off, there's like a do-you stroll where like, Mahito and Hanabi are like, playing around just kicking his head. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> He's simply a fucking soccer ball in his head. It's so great. <laughs> like, it's like, this is my life today. Like, this is my life today, I guess. I don't know. I don't like, get paid enough to deal with these people. Am I getting paid? I don't know. I don't think I am. Am I getting paid at all? Nope. Sorry, bud. <laughs> Sorry, friend. <laughs> Uh, it's funny because fucking, I, 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 don't, I wasn't 100% paying attention when you were talking about Michael's other roles. Fucking Dimple from Mob Psycho. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Jogo is basically the Dimple all over again because Dimple gets shit on a lot, too. Yeah, I was gonna say, I was gonna say, wait, he might be more competent than Dimple, but Actually, not really. <laughs> no, Dimple is more competent than Jogo. Are you fucking kidding me? Not by much, but he's more competent than fucking Jogo. <laughs> like, let's be real here. Uh, like, Jesus Christ. Uh, but yeah, Michael, it's definitely a lot of fun here. I definitely do appreciate just like the gruffness, the gruffness in his tone that makes him sound like. And he's been around for a very long time, but he's a lot more crossity than he is, like, maybe wise. Mm -hmm. And again, just, like, and again, just his whole delivery during that whole fight where it just becomes apparent how stupidly powerful Gojo is. Gojo is OP as fuck. Yep. Like, <laughs> it's not even an understatement. He just is OP as fuck. Fuck. <laughs> yeah, especially when, like, go just explain to him how his power works, and he's just like, okay, maybe I'll play along with this. And then yeah. just the sort of realization of, oh, man. We he's are in like, way over our heads, You done hecked up, son. I have made an error in judgment, ladies and gentlemen. No, I think my favorite part of that is, like, when Gojo, te when Gojo in the middle of the fight, teleports, brings UD back. Yuji with him and comes back. And yeah. it's like, and Joker's just like, wait, why is he here? And Gojo's like, oh, well, he's like, oh, no, I'm just bringing you here. I'm bringing you here for a lesson. He's like, wait, are you serious? It's, it's like, you don't think I'll just use this kid as a hostage? And Gojo's like, oh, it's fine. You're too weak. <laughs> it's like, it's Joker, fine. Don't worry about it. And Joker's just so mad. I mean, <laughs> and then again, Gojo proceeds to kick the shit out of Joker. <laughs> like, 
He dunks on him so fucking hard. Great. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, Mike got a lot of fun here. Oh yeah. Uh, so, uh, going for fun, I guess we should get to sad times and talk about June Bay. Yeah, and if we do appreciate that Nicholas just sounds like the very perfect epitome of a teenage lord. Uh, he doesn't. He just does a very good. <laughs> Sorry, teenage lord, got me. Yeah, he does a very good job of just selling his attempts to sound like he's trying his hardest to sound like he has a very disaffected attitude towards everything, while also making it clear that he's just putting on an act to protect himself from all the bullying he's gone through. And, uh, and if we do dig a lot of the conversations we have with Mahito, you know, about the issues mm-hmm. of souls and whatnot, and how, like, it very much sounded like the sort of stuff a very depressed as Lord Teen would buy into, so uh, definitely very easy to see how Mahito was just kind of stringing him along that whole time. And uh, one thing I do want to talk about briefly, that's just kind of like a very fun little tidbit, uh, that whole conversation where he and Mahito talk about, like, the whole, the opposite of fondness is a difference thing. Like, mm-hmm. the reason that whole conversation turns into a debate about translation is specifically because in the manga, Junpei did bring up the specific quote, the opposite of love is indifference, and how it's the sort of thing Japanese people would buy into, even though hate is obviously worse. Uh, but there was a addendum at the end of the chapter where that was brought up, where it turned out that Gengagakutami, uh, when he pulled that quote, he actually had no idea someone foreign came up, came up with it. Uh, so he realized he screwed up, so... It is, it is entirely possible that entire exchange was just the, either the anime staff or Akutami just making fun of himself. Interesting. Okay. Maybe a little both, because I noticed there are, what is it? Um, in that part of the manga, there's like a, there's like a, you know, a bonus page at the end of a chapter where he mentions, like, you know, Junpei's whole story arc would have worked better if I'd actually included, like, scenes A, B, and C in here. I wish I'd done that. And lo and behold, those scenes are actually in the anime, so... <laughs> Also, it's very funny in retrospect. I don't know what to make of pulling that quote out anyways, given where it comes from. <laughs> That's... That, oh, boy. I don't know if you... I, don't, I honestly don't know if you, what, what implications he's trying to make with that. That's a... Uh, hmm. Okay. That's a lot, dude. <laughs> yep. Are you familiar with that quote's from, by the way? No, actually, I'm not. Oh, uh, that is by... Hold on. Let me, let me get his name. Give me a second. Uh, that's by a guy named Eli Wiesel, and he is a Holocaust survivor. Ah, and that's okay. what that line's about. Well then. Oh, I think I think that's specifically in the context of like the Nazis are bad, but the people who just didn't do much of anything are also bad. Hmm. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, that's gr- grisly. Um, anyways. <laughs> anyways. Let's talk about something a little a little less depressing. Wow. I I really love Junpei. Junpei make me sad. And so here's the thing. I think for a while when I was watching the show, Junpei actually wasn't confirmed for a little while. And I was just like, who the fuck is this? I want to know. And then finally we find out it's Nicholas Roy and I'm like, oh. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I, oh. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty familiar with Nicholas at this point. So like the second I heard him, I was like, okay, yeah, that's definitely Nicholas. Like, the only other time I've really heard Nicholas Roy was Chuya. 
honestly, where I paid attention to Nicholas Roy was Chuya. And then I think there was one time where I actually guessed him correctly. I can't remember what fucking show it was. But um, the, for Junpei, because the only other major comparison I have is Chuya, what did I fucking say? I said, like, uh, where is my dang note about it? It's like, okay, the tone of voice is very similar to Chuya, but Junbei has a bit more of a breathy, airy, like, even more of a breathy, airy quality compared to Chuya. Because, of course, Chuya in Boomba Straight Oaks is a fucking mobster, like, badass kind of punk, and Junpei is just this bullied kid. <laughs> like, so obviously there's a very big difference between these two characters, but uh, Junpei makes me sad, because it's like, his story and all of the bullying he goes through and the fact that adults don't help him at all, which is freaking... Mm, Oh, it's a shame. It tells you a, a, a lot. Like, this show, weirdly enough, like, digs into, like, societal problems in a very realistic way. Oh, yeah, yeah. for sure. It really does. Like, I, like the whole... We joke about Principal Boomer, but some of those, like, traits and characteristics are present in terms of, like, current societal, like, issues and things like that. And the bullying is an the Junpei being bullied is another one of those things, and it doesn't it doesn't pull the punches on it either, because <laughs> Junpei has a fucking uh, like handful of cigarette burn marks on his forehead because of his bully. <laughs> yeah, and that's why he hides it with his hair. Like it's just, like so gut wrenching what he goes through. It's like. This boy. This boy makes me sad. And then when he has his interactions with Itadori... Oh my god, I loved it. I loved it so much. And then I got sad. Because Mahito's a fucking dick. <laughs> I was hoping without hope... I was hoping beyond hope that Junpei was gonna end up joining Jujutsu Tech. <laughs> and I thought that was implied in the fucking opening theme. I, I, uh, yeah, uh, I got upset. Yeah, I never appreciate when, like, uh, again, talking about the a reviews when James Beckett got to that episode and he was like, he was like, you know, this, like, you know, I watched the opening in full for the first time and I watched this episode. And he, and, like, and man, that whole thing is a lie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a fucking lie. And it made me fucking upset. I'm like, Junpei is a good character, too. And when you find out... Because he uh, basically does end up ha like manifesting his cursed energy and his technique through this whole debacle. It's like, it's a goddamn jellyfish. And it's actually pretty cool. <laughs> like he, he He's a Shikigami user similar to Fushiguro, but his is a jellyfish. And it's kind of cool, actually, what it does. So I'm like, no, Mahito, you fucking bastard. Uh, yep. Yeah, he doesn't get to use it for very long. No. I, it makes me sad because now I know that the only reason Junpei exists is to basically fucking motivate Itadori to fucking choke a bitch. Because <laughs> <laughs> Itadori gets pissed. Gets very pissed. <laughs> 
Yeah, but... No, I, I like Nicholas Roy as Junpei. It makes me sad. Uh, yeah, yeah, I definitely did. I definitely did enjoy his performance here. Uh, and, and like you were saying, I did enjoy like how he bonded with Yuji um, over like their shared level of movies and stuff. Now, one thing I will say though is that I do wish like during that whole scene where he's in his gymnasium after like his mom dies and he's freaking out about everything, uh, I do wish that Nicholas had sounded like maybe a little more emotive in that moment. Like I thought it could have sounded. Uh, could have had a little uh, bit more. Oh, hold on, are you referring to him? Are you referring to him encountering the person, the, the other kid in the gymnasium, or are you referring to the miniature flashback during that where Mahito is explaining what happened to his mom? No, so, uh, so, uh, no, I'm talking about like him, talk, him, and the other kid in the gymnasium. Okay, okay, okay. Because I, weirdly enough, I had the opposite problem with that. Like I had like the moment where he's talking to Mahito after his mom was killed, like, it was... I think it might have been just the, the quality, like, the vocal performance and how... Because Junpei is very breathy and airy. It just was kind of a little weird to me in that moment where he's freaking the fuck out about what happened to his mom. Like, it didn't quite sell it to me on that one. But I think he, for me, he actually sold it during the gymnasium thing, which is weird. Yeah, yeah. So I had the opposite problem for you. Yeah, I, yeah, I think, yeah, I think, the, yeah, I think he definitely did really nail the scene where like he's with Yuji in the hallway and like he and he breaks out about what happened to his mom. I thought he did really well there. Yeah, that one sold it. I was good with that one. I was like, this child has gone through enough shit. <laughs> Let Junpei have nice things. Yeah, that he Fuck. doesn't. And then he just, ugh. and then again, Mahito's a dick. That that storyline really did not go the way I was expecting it to. No, no, no. I even Andrew was like, if he didn't join Jujutsu Tech, I I only I at least expected him to join the villains. No, I def. Oh, he's definitely him and Yuji are going to be friends, and then they're going to get torn apart by their respective sides they're on, and it's going to be a thing. And it's like, nope, he's nope. just grist for the mill. He's dead. He's just, he's just now a motivation guy, for Itadori to fucking murder Mahito. So. And, and Mahito a, doesn't even care. Mahito gives zero fucks. Evil man. Oh, God. Uh, oh, fuck this guy. Yeah, I don't know. We should probably talk about it. <laughs> yeah. Fuck yeah, this Lu guy. Lu Lucian is so great here. Oh. He is so fucking awful. I love it. It's... I love it so much, like and I want to fucking punt Mahito into the sun. He's absolutely childish, and yet he's just an absolute evil asshole about it, too. I, I think that's what makes his performance yeah. as Mahito actually kind of intimidating. Like, Lucian has this creepy and unsettling presence with Mahito that works so well and then Mahito is also very cunning he's very m maniacal but he's also very curious and that's the scariest part if he is so curious about the construct of a person or a or a curse's soul that's the scariest part is because he's so curious about that and oh my god <sighs> what sucks for me <laughs> I've been replaying Fire Emblem Three Houses, and he's my boy Felix. 
Mahito is a more evil sounding Felix and I don't know how to feel about it because when I ran blue lines that was my guy. <laughs> I he'll, don't know how to confused and conflicted. <laughs> I'm just like, why? Felix was my boy. <laughs> and, now, and it's like, basically, it's almost like exactly Felix in terms of like tone. But he's just a dick. More of a dick than Felix is in the game. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Ah. <laughs> I don't know how to feel. Yeah, but yeah, like, Lucian was really great here. He did a really good job of switching between, sort of like, you know, kind of a wannabe dealist, whatever, you know, he's talking with Jude Bay about souls and whatnot. And then coming off as more of a playful bad child, whatever, he's like fighting Nanami or Yuji. And, so, and, uh, and uh, definitely uh, during that whole bit where things go very bad for Jude Bay, and uh, he and Tsukuna just like very briefly join forces to laugh, to laugh at Yuji. <laughs> Uh, Lucid's delivery there was really good. It just oh, really man. sold out horrible that whole moment was. Can I uh, also fucking say Mahito got dunked on by Sukuna. He got so dunked on by Sukuna, and it was fucking great. Cause Sukuna gives no fucks. That was that was just like Alright, look, yeah, we had a good laugh at the kid expense, so don't, 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 don't fuck on my turf, buddy. <laughs> and then he just pops on my turf and is like, I fucking told you, what? step off. What did I tell you not 15 minutes ago? <laughs> yes, <laughs> fuck off, slice. <laughs> Sukuna gives zero fucks. I love it. I love Sukuna too, he gives zero fucks. He's a bastard, but I love him. A lot of these characters are so stupidly enjoyable. <laughs> it's great. But no, he straight up hard dunks on Mahito. It was oh, it was like, oh, you bitch, you deserve that one. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, I gotta say, between this and the character he plays in Boogan Train, uh, this is definitely reminding me why Lucha Dodd is like, really good at villain roles, why he needs to get them more often. Oh my god, yeah, because Andrew and I watched Mugen Train recently, too. Fuck you, right. Oh my god. Because I watched most of Jujutsu, like, months ago, but I, again, I didn't finish it until today, because I was like, oh, we're going to be recording this soon, I might as well just wait. <laughs> but going from Jujutsu to Mugen Train back to Jujutsu is like, okay, yes. I would love to hear Lucian Dodger's more villain. It's fun. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. <laughs> I, I love to hear Lucian dodge and things in general. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. he's great. Uh, so, any guys, you guys want to comment on in this section? Yeah, I'm I'm good. I think I'm good too. Mm -hmm. I'm just sad about Junpei still. <laughs> yeah, that... Junpei sad hours. <laughs> Pour one out for a real one. Pour yeah, one that... out for a real uh, one. It was very unfortunate. And you get to watch all the Splatter movies you want and wherever people go after they die in this universe. Yup. Junpei sad hours in this bitch. Ah. Uh, uh, so with that, it's time to talk about some of the games for the Tokyo brands of Jujutsu Tech. Ah! And specifically, the second years, we have Tokyo Inamaki, Panda, and Maki Zenin. Uh, there is one third year called 
Okotsuku, who is vaguely mentioned, uh, but it probably won't be popping up in the main story until, like, maybe the end of Season 2. And while I actually haven't read it, his whole deal, I'm pretty sure his whole deal is explained in the prequel manga, Jujutsu Kaisen Zero, which is getting a movie this year, so... Oh, okay, That'll cool. Yeah, buddy. I'm very curious about this one. I'm cu- very curious yeah. about this guy because, like, the <laughs> the story is is that the third years got their asses suspended, so they couldn't take part in the sister exchange event because usually the I think the second and the third years are just the third years, one of the two. So the second years go to the first years is like, hey, can you get can you do us a solid? Because <laughs> the third years are fucking stupid. Yeah. So, um, so talking about the second years here. Uh, Itabaki is a sorcerer who uses curse speech, meaning that his words can literally affect people. So he limits his speech by basically just speaking in food ingredients or sushi toppings. <laughs> Salmon. <laughs> uh, panda is not a panda, and is in fact... <laughs> <laughs> panda is in fact not a panda. Uh... Yeah. So, oh god, I love it. Yeah, so he is in fa- so in reality he is a cursed corpse created by Principal Yaga that has its own personality and fighting abilities. Uh, he also has like three cores, uh, the panda core, uh, the gorilla core, and I don't think it is ever actually explained what the third one is yet. No, it's not. But we know it's like he has an older brother and sister. The brother is the gorilla, the sister we don't know yet. Well, I imagine Jet fucking knows, but... Uh, I don't know. Actually, if it wasn't played, I did not remember it, so I don't know either. No, I meant in the manga, so... Uh, so, Yeah, I'm saying saying if it wasn't played, I don't remember, so I actually don't know. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. (laughs) But yeah, it's not explained in the anime, so... No idea. Uh, Lastly, Maki Zedin is the twin sister of Mai and an outcast from the Zedin clan, uh, who was born without the ability to use her techniques, but instead has superhuman strength. And her goal is to someday stick it to her family and take over the clan. I believe I mean, it. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I love, like, everybody loves Maki. Maki's a badass. Yeah. yeah everybody yeah. loves Maki, including Nobara. Yeah, and I'm pretty, yeah, yeah, and I'm pretty sure that whole thing is not a metaphor for anything in particular, just not at all. <laughs> Go I Andrew. think they're good friends. Andrew <laughs> just popped in and he said, I ship it. Yeah. Uh, as you should. Yes, that's 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 precisely why that one Jujutsu girl asking about whether like cats or dogs or whatever. Nobara's response is like, "No way, I like so and so." And it's like, this is what people in a relationship say when they're asked these questions. <laughs> I yeah. see what you're doing. <laughs> yeah, it's it's very cute. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. So uh, playing Inamaki, we have Zenobis, who has played all the roles I mentioned before. As well as Beto in the Sentence of a Bookworm and Walfin in Hunter Hunter 2011. Playing Panda, we have Matthew David Rudd, who has played such characters as Luke I. Luca, Joseph's Bizarre Adventure, Golden Wind, Ball in Irmacoon, and Rack, Rafe Wazer in Tower of God. And Bucky is played by Leonard Clark, who has again played everything I mentioned before, but also Archer of Red, Assassin of Red. And Reka, Rikido, and Fate Apocrypha, the three roles I've mentioned before. Back to Fate Apocrypha. <laughs> uh, so, uh, well, I mean, you can probably get uh, Inabaki out of the ring real quick. I mean, again, he basically just speaks in food ingredients, so. Yeah. Yeah. Largely yeah. monotone as well. Um, one thing I do very much appreciate, however, is that it is played 
fairly distinctly from Toto, so that you... I, yes. This was one that I didn't notice myself. You know, the double casting. Um, same with Allegra Clark. Um, I didn't particularly... I don't know if I was paying attention or if, you know... Was, yeah, Allegra did, yeah, Allegra did not surprise me because, again, uh, the three characters he did in Apocrypha. They were very distinct from each other to the point where I would not have believed it would say person if I didn't know it. So I definitely know she has that kind of range. Yeah. That did not surprise me. Uh, but now, now, that makes sense. Uh, what were you going to say, Adon? I was going to make a smarmy comment about how I imagine the casting for uh, Toge was like, I have a character who doesn't say, Hey, Xander, you play a lot of characters who don't actually say anything, right? You want to play him? <laughs> You're that Persona game where you, the main character doesn't actually talk, right? Hey, let's, let's have you play him. Oh, shit. <laughs> Not wrong. <laughs> it's, oh, it's wait. It's a type of role he has a lot of experience playing. Oh, wait. You do the, sna- <laughs> the Smash narrator, too? Hey, we have this yeah, exactly. bold hothead. Why don't you play him, too? <laughs> <laughs> Shit. No, I, I appreciate that both Xander and Allegra, the, even though they were double cast, the, the performances are distinctly different from each other. Like, for sure. Yeah. In terms of the major characters that they voice. Again, the Kobrak dude, I can't really count, but, you know. That's it. Um, uh, oh yeah, uh, it also is worth noting that there uh, uh, that there is a pre- that there is a point where Miwa and Baki do briefly fight each other, and honestly, you would yes. and honestly, you really would not be able to tell they were worse than the same person. Yeah, like if if you didn't know, you wouldn't know, and it's weird. <laughs> it's weird, but it fucking works. It's probably weird to record it though. <laughs> you probably have to do one character at a time for it first. Like, oh man, I can imagine. Ah, uh, well, uh, she definitely earned her paycheck. Oh, yep. <laughs> and, like, that kind of thing also gets me thinking. Do you, like, record against your own voice? Do they put that in, or do you record against the Japanese for both? Like, these are interesting things that I'd love to get, like, a Reddit AMA to ask about. No, yeah, that'd be very interesting to, like... Do you go through one character first in the scene? Do you, like, have to do both at the same time? Which I highly doubt no, that. No, I, I highly doubt that as well. whiplash. Oh no, my god. I, yeah. That would That'd be, be a nice. horrible mistake. <laughs> it could be a bad mistake. That, that, but, like, that's, that's, a, that's a rookie mistake people who've never directed before do. <laughs> yeah. Like, the logistics behind recording something like that would be very, very interesting. Um... Similar to an extent with Xander, because there is the interaction that um, Toto kind of has with Inumaki when Toto is beating the shit out of Fushigoro and Inumaki's the one who stops Toto from doing it. Like, kind of similar extent, but not as much of an extent for Allegra. Right, because I mean... Inumaki is pretty monotone and... Mm -hmm. And Toto is, well, Toto. <laughs> Toto is just a bro. Yeah, but, yeah, but yeah, I really do like Allegra Clark's Maki. Uh, she mm-hmm. definitely has a kind of uh, very tough girl uh, attitude to her performance. And it's kind of like Nobara, but Maki is also nowhere near as dumb as Nobara is. And I love that, mm-hmm. like, by default, Allegra, 
Allegra makes Maki come off with this morning person in the room about the Tokyo games. Yeah. Because I mean, yeah. because I mean, you've got Inamaki, you've got our main three, and Panda. So, yeah, Maki's making yeah. the smartest person in the room by default. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, I yeah, absolutely love her interactions with Laura Post. Like, not just in their fight, yes. but in the flashback as well. Mmm. Yup. Yup. It's very, very precious, and it, it hurts sometimes. Mm. But frickin' Maki goes through a lot of shit. Because we find out that, um, she, technically speaking, could, like, she's at the level of being, like, a first or second grade sorcerer. But the Zenin clan has been, like, interfering with her getting promoted to that this entire time. So she's been a fourth grade for a while. Yeah. Because they are vindictive about her doing this and setting out to basically, like, take over. Until her talent was just absolutely unavoidable. Yep. Like, you, like the second she just went and kicked so much ass during the group battle, like, you can't, you cannot avoid it for so long. Mm. That, it, it, and I really like the end of the show, too, where you have uh, both Toto and Mei Mei, um, and uh, Principal Boomer, and they're talking about who to promote in the Tokyo school, and you have the three first years plus Panda and Maki getting promoted to first grade sorcerers all at once. Yeah, it's funny to bring that up because it's something I hadn't noticed until, like, until this rewatch where... Where uh, Gojo is having a conversation with Mei Mei, and like she gets what seems to be a check in the mail. So I'm so I'm very so I'm wondering very specifically if Gojo paid Mei Mei off to like get a recommendation. I mean, she is very into money, right? <laughs> it's possible, but I, I I would I would not put bribery. I would not. I don't think either of these people are above bribery. It's possible because right before that, too, Gojo's on the phone with Utahime, casually like asking about like bringing people to like a like a bar or some shit, and he talks about bringing the kids because like, oh, I'm a lightweight. Why not bring the students? And Utahime is just like, I don't know. And then the next thing is him giving money to Meme, and then you have the promotion of these five kids. And so it's like, he might have tried to go to Utahime to try and promote the kids first. Possibly. Because the only other issue is, is there might be a traitor in the school somewhere. So they have to be, like, very careful with what goes on. Um, and because Gojo and Utahime are, are on the same side of, like, oh, there probably is a good shot as a traitor. We have to be careful what we say and do. Right. So... I actually didn't put two and two together now that Jet mentioned it, and I'm like, oh yeah, that makes sense, actually. <laughs> so Gojo basically is being a stupid idiot, getting these kids promoted. <laughs> Potentially. Because <laughs> Gojo doesn't just- Gojo gives zero fucks. There are a lot of characters in the show that give zero fucks. <laughs> Gojo is one of them. He's very much one of them. Oh, yeah. Sukuna is another. And maybe so long as you give her money, she doesn't fucking care either. Hmm. Trying to say, uh, what else did I have with Laura? Uh, I mean Allegra. My bad. Uh, let's see. I only again I did in digger whole couple with my. I thought 
I thought you could really tell through Allegra's tale that while he doesn't like regret leaving his edits, he does at least feel bad that my got drawn into her mess, and he at least definitely understands her resentment. Yeah. And uh, also, really, Doug Allegra's deliberate during the whole scene where she leaves the clan and like she's getting talked down to by her dad, but she just kind of brushes it off. I thought Allegra did really well there, and it mm-hmm. definitely gave a really good sense of the kind of person Maki is. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, and General Legger is doing a really big up job here. Yep. I love it. I love these fucking characters, man. Yeah. Uh, and, of course, before we leave the session, we should talk about Panda, who, again, is not <laughs> He's the real Panda. star of the show of this segment. Really. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... Allegra and Xander are great. Matthew is amazing. <laughs> and he's voicing a giant I mean, I... talking panda. Like, I mean, I'm, who's not I'm a panda. prone to think that, Ale- uh, listen, I'm prone to enjoy Allegra a lot more than Panda, character development-wise, because freaking Maki's a badass. Oh, sure. But Panda's still amazing. <laughs> Panda's still amazing, like, and I love Panda. Matthew's performance as Panda is just probably one of the most fun of the show, other than Toto. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Like... <laughs> Because Panda has this, um, Maki has a big sister energy to her. Panda has the big brother energy to him. Uh. If that makes sense. Yeah. Like, because <laughs> the two of them basically look out for the, for the first years. And, you know, Maki's just kind of there as well. <laughs> but, um, no, they're, they're both very, very supportive. And freaking Panda, oh, what, what's a note I had about Panda? And, uh, it's a, it's a fun stand. He's a fun standout with like a gentle gruff that has like a gentle gruffness and a twinge of like wild animal to him because sweet lord, when panda goes into gorilla mode, and you know fuck, he fucks shit up. One thing I also really happen to like about the performance as panda is. Um, Panda is also, like Toto, a surprisingly intelligent character for what they are initially presented as. Yes. Panda is very, very intelligent. Um, But whereas... um, Whereas Toto is more of a sort of a problem-solving intelligence, um, working out an enemy's curse, how to counteract it, um, Panda is more of a broad strategist. Yes. Yeah. Like, that's his kind of, that's his style of fighting. It's like he's, he's very tactful, but in a broad sense. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Yeah, I will also say he had some pretty good community del- delivery, like, I definitely like at one point, like, that, like at one point, like someone tried to have a little conversation with him, and he's like, "Me panda, like I panda, me no speak human," and I'm like, "Ah, oh, that's amazing." <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> yep. Oh my god! And then the the juju stroll bits. There was like two episodes in a row where the juju stroll bit was asking, like, "Do you like cats or dogs? Do you prefer rice or bread?" And then, like, both of them are basically repeats. 
And fucking Panda's following everybody around as they make their answers. And he's like, of course it's this because I'm a goddamn panda. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate yeah, pre- that with a second one when they were Panda's like, man, what's going on? And the dude's like, man, the writers are running out of ideas. Yeah, <laughs> like, they're just running out of ideas at this point. <laughs> it was great. I loved it. Uh, yeah, yeah. I also appreciate that, like during the baseball episode, like we get like little baseball cards for like everyone, like that you know, like little bits of dreaming about them. Pandas is just watch your punch a zebra someday. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, let's be real. Zebras it. have it coming. Oh man! <laughs> Fuck. I mean, look at them. They, they just look at you all look smug and eat their grass and take a shit. <laughs> they know what they're doing. They know what they did. As Mahito sometimes likes to desc- as sometimes described humans, they eat, sleep, and screw. Like, oh, fuck boy. zebras. Fuck zebras in Planet Zoo. They are really hard to build an enclosure for. They shouldn't be. <laughs> this is the direction this conversation has gone now. Is Planet Zoo? I'm getting oh, off my soapbox. But goddamn. <laughs> Career mode oh, sucks. God. It's hard. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, I'm getting off this tangent. Never change, Patrick. Never change, Patrick. <laughs> Never change, Patrick. <laughs> I miss you, you fucker. <laughs> <laughs> I miss all y'all, you bastards. Uh, so, uh, uh, so, anything else you want to comment on? <sighs> oh, I'm just, I'm dying over here. It's fine. These kids Everything's are fun. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, they, yeah, this is a pretty good trio of kids. Um, so, uh, wait for that, we, it is finally time to start getting into our main five characters. The meat and potatoes. Yeah, um, so we're starting with Satoru Gojo, Nobara Kukisaki, and Megami Fujikoro. Oh, uh, boy. Megami is a first... Megami... <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Megami is a first hero to do to Tech, who gets, uh, taken up at Yuji while on a mission. And after watching him eat Tsukuna's figure, he tries to save him out of his own strict sense of justice. Uh, his curse lets him control Tanjigami, and when one dies, the other can inherit its abilities. Uh, Nobara Kukisaki is another first year who moved to Tokyo from the countryside, and she's extremely foul-mouthed and has a bit of an attitude, and she's also really dumb, so it's great. Yes. <laughs> she has no sense of social cues, and she doesn't know how to read a fucking room. It's amazing. Look, the uh, second uh, years... The Nobara is a badass. The so, uh, the second years of the Tokyo branch of Jujutsu Tech are incredibly intelligent strategists. They they know exactly what they're doing. They know how to fight. The first years all share a brain cell between them. Mostly it goes to Megumi. <laughs> Mostly Megumi's. <laughs> Here's how this goes. It's Megumi's brain cell. Nobara and Itadori just share it. <laughs> That's how it should go. That's about right. Fuck. 
Yeah, uh, so no uh, Megumi told me it's my turn with the brain cell. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, Itadori. Yeah. Uh, oh, and so actually, uh, yeah. So Gojo probably steals it every once in a while too. Oh my god. Uh, no, no, that that's a man who's learned he doesn't need friends. So. No, 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 no. Gojo doesn't steal it from the kids. He steals it from Nanami. <laughs> oh, there we go. Yeah. There it is. Uh, yeah, so uh, Nomura's technique lets her use a straw doll and a straw doll and nails to uh, basically resonate with the body parts or blood of like any curse printer object you can grab. Uh, basically, just like a voodoo doll or something. It's voodoo. Oh my I god, it's think that's so a badass. Power and it works for, oh my god. I think that's a very interesting creative power to use, honestly. Uh, yeah, and lastly, uh, Satoru Gojo is, well, Satoru Gojo, and uh, basically he is one of the two series that do to tech, and is also the strongest character in the series, though that is not an exaggeration. He He's OP as fuck! Uh, he introduces, he literally introduces as a he literally introduces himself as being the strongest, and basically nothing that happens afterwards in the series is anything to disprove that. Yeah. Uh, in fact, it is so true that literally all of our village plans kind of hinge around getting him out of the way. Like, not even <laughs> killing him, just pushing him off to the left a little bit so that they can do their thing. Gojo, Gojo talks a big game, but he backs it up. <laughs> he does. Holy shit. Great. Uh, yeah. See, Gojo is also probably the prettiest motherfucker in the show. With those baby blue ocean <laughs> eyes, I think, being related to his curse. So, Jet, why don't you tell us about his curse? As, and, and, and before we get into that, I'm going to propose something that's going to sound very weird, but just roll with me. Oh, no. Uh, he, he, like, he comes out to me as a, ver as a much prettier version of Vasa Stampede. You're not wrong. Oh my god. There's something there. There's something there. I mean I mean like he has the same I mean he has the same glasses. They have very similar personalities too. Well, hold on. There's, there's, a real, like, there's, there's a real there's a real I'm gonna be really stupid in public to no, 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 no. how smart I am. He's prettier than Vasha Stampede, but has the personality of Osamu Daza. And I say this with very valid reasons. So bash the uh, stampede then. Yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. Even Dazai is not the same personality as Bash the Stampede. Are you kidding me? No. Uh, anyway, Kuju. Uh, anyway, Kuju's uh, technique is called Infinity, and I'm going to try my best to explain this one. Good uh, luck. Okay, uh, so uh, it somehow causes any attacker movement directed at him to slow down to the point where it seems like they aren't moving. Uh, he can also, like, uh, basically move really fast, teleport, and, like, I guess fire gravity bombs and stuff. How does any of that work, you might ask? It just does. But it's like, fuck if I know, he just does it. <laughs> look, look, all I know is that he uses superpower, and it's like, his superpower is the Jupiter sequence from 2001. All right, then. <laughs> Cool. <laughs> I like 2001. <laughs> so do I. That's why I'm excited. <laughs> it's like I was a little dis I was a little disappointed. Jogo didn't turn into a star child at the end. That would have been great. Really confusing, <laughs> but great. Hey, he got to be a soccer ball. We got to win there. 
so anyway, playing Megami, we have Robbie Damon, who is one of those characters as Mitsuki in Boruto Naruto Next Generations, Kalia Bodwin in Mobile Suit Gun of Blood and Orphans, and Tuxedo Mask in the Viz dub of Sailor Moon. Uh, Nobara is played by Ed Yakto, who is playing such characters as Tasha in Children of Wales, Lola in the Hidden Dungeon of Yakin Enter, and Hiromi Shirani in Kurumukuro. Lastly, Satoru Gojo is played by the one and only Tinky Tang, who is playing such characters as Hendrickson in The Seven Deadly Sins, uh, Joko in Mechalobox, and Osamu Zaza in Mugger's Redux. And now we come full circle. <laughs> Fuck. Whoa, boy, here we go. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I feel like, yeah, like Gojo is going to take up a lot of this section, so let's start with Mechabee. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Shit. I really like Robbie. Here's what's weird. I'm used to Robbie Damon performances being characters like a silent voice. That's the Robbie tone of voice I'm used to. I'm not used to this. Yeah. Uh, this, yeah, this is definitely very different for him playing a teenager. Yes. And he drops yeah. pretty and it, low it is... on his register, too, which is something yeah. I'm not really used to. I would have... If you had told me this was, like, Jonas Scott, I would have believed you. I'm getting a handle of Jonas' tone of voice, so I... No. Um, if, I, if someone told me this was Jonas, I would have been like, fuck you, you're lying. <laughs> Um, no, but we're going back to Fire Emblem for a hot second. It weirdly helps that I'm actually in the midst of the Black Eagles route because Fushigoro is a less menacing sounding Hubert. <laughs> like, the tones are similar, except Fushigoro is a little bit higher, a little bit higher in the register. But the manner of speaking and, like, and how he carries himself can be kind of similar to Hubert in Three Houses. Like, that's the best comparison I can think of. But, like, at the same time, Fushigoro doesn't want to deal with this bullshit. <laughs> he has to deal with fucking Itadori, Nobara, and a lot of Gojo's horseshit. <laughs> Like my I, my friend my friend Robin once mentioned uh, that he had concocted a weird like JJK skate mashup in his head because he was watching both at the same time. Oh it's no! Like, I don't know anything about skate to comment, mm -hmm. but I can't imagine a scenario where Yuji tries to pull a sick kickflip mm -hmm. and eat shit. Yep. And uh, Nobara and Gojo laugh at him, and Megumi just rolls his eyes because this is the people he likes to hang out with, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> These people. <laughs> but it's also just That's like, accurate. I don't want to look for a new friend group. I can put up with them. Exactly. It's, like, it's, like, it's too much. It's like, you're annoying, but I like you all too much to leave, so, oh well. <laughs> I guess I'll stay. So, uh, so, uh, yeah, be, yeah, because it has been brought up by people on the internet, because of course it has. At first glance, he does kind of look like a Sasuke wannabe, and he is very, and like, and he is pretty antisocial. But we do learn very quickly that he has a good head on his shoulders. As I and yeah, he's like, and what some sense? Yeah, and while he is prickly about it, you can tell that he does value you the friend. So he's definitely not a Sasuke. See, yeah, yeah. 
I can believe he cares about Yuji. I do not believe Sasuke cares about Naruto. See, see. <laughs> this is the first time I'm hearing about the argument of comparing Fushiguro to Sasuke, and I'm like, no, I don't, uh, no. I don't see I, it. I, 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 don't. I, feel like, I feel like there's an argument that um, Akabatsu, de- like, he definitely read Naruto, and I feel like... Like, there's something there, but it's kind of like, I like this vague character dynamic. I'm going to write it the way I want to write it. Yeah. Yeah. Accurate. This, 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 this has strong, like, oh, I'm getting stupid. Where's my old Naruto fanfiction? <laughs> what, can I, what can I drag out of this that will be, that I can, what can I drag out of this that I'll enjoy writing again? Like, that's amazing. He draws a little bit from, like, Sasuke. He draws a little bit from, like, Uryu, Ishida, and Bleach. Kind of. Like, I guess he pulls from like some of the big shonen right. titles. I guess. I mean, it feels it feels like that thing of like I like that sort of. You have the loud guy in the main protagonist group and the quiet guy, and they're often at odds. But what if they were actually friends? What yeah, if they actually got along. Yeah, they like Fushiguro and Itadori actually have like a mutual understanding of each other and their motivations and all that fun stuff because. Fushiguro, we l- so we learn more about Fushiguro's deal a little bit more in the last like three episodes, to which fucking hell, Robbie. Oh yeah. Oh boy. Because Fushiguro is can because he is so goddamn reserved, and he he tries to like work with everybody else and not like. <sighs> Not necessarily cause issues, but, like, he tries to find the best case scenario and all this fun stuff. And then you isolate him. And then you isolate him. And then, like, he had talked to Gojo. It was in between the, um, the sister school exchange and their mission here. And he's asked Gojo to help him train, which is a very big rarity, first of all. And Gojo's like, you know, just let yourself go and just do whatever the fuck you want. <laughs> like, you don't have to hold back for somebody else's sake. And then it's like, oh boy, <laughs> does he? Oh boy. And then I think this is the first time he manifests his domain expansion. It's uh, incomplete, but... Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> oh, that was intense. I like, can't wait to see how that develops in future seasons. Like, no, yeah, like, Robbie got to, like, let go a little bit. Because, like, that's the first time you really, like, heard Fushiguro, like, laughing maniacally at all this fun shit. It's like, whoa. <laughs> it's like, where did this come from? And, you know, I, I could be wrong here. But I think that's actually the first time one of the actual um, Jujutsu Tech students, um, definitely in the Tokyo branch, but I think it also extends outward. But I think that's the first time one of them actually opens up a domain expansion over the course of the show. As far as we... Well... Yeah, we, Te- yeah, we don't see any other use of domain. Like, technically, Miwa has a slight expansion kind of thing, right? 
Miwa's the only other one that has something to that effect, but it's not a full-fledged domain expansion either. Yeah, I mean, Toto can probably do it, but like he probably. But, yeah, but yeah, but it's mentioned that he like barely uses his current technique to begin with, so. Yeah. Yeah, Toto probably can do it. Um, and it's one of those. I wouldn't be surprised that Inumaki could potentially be close to one, if not already. Yeah, it, I could believe that. It's, in, it's it's interesting to me as an observation because I I view sort of the domain expansion ability as sort of Jujutsu Kaisen's play on like the Bonkai and Bleach, where it's like the ultimate oh, sure. the ultimate expansion of one's ability. Yeah, and they make a point in the show because this applies to Nanami as well. Not all Jujutsu sorcerers will end up developing a domain expansion. Right. Nanami never get never never got to that point. So it's very interesting, but holy fuck Yeah, the scene where he opens it up is intense. <laughs> Robbie just goes. Just that goes. cackle. Oh my god. I was like, fuck. He's letting loose. Like, it almost looks like he's having fun. Yeah. That's the thing. I think that was one of the big points that Gojo was trying to get across. Is like, you could just go for it, dude. Like, you don't have to, like, beg. It's fine. Like, let loose. And then he does. It's like, oh, fuck. Yeah, yeah that was a pretty good scene. I also will say that while, like, it, and while the little quieter nature I did, kind of like his whole thing in episodes four and five, where they're, like, is that, uh, where they're, like, uh, in a detention center with the juvenile prisoners. Mm. And, so, and, like, he and you are having that whole moral debate about, like, whether or not they should save the prisoners. Yeah. Yep. That's okay. a good one, too. So, yeah, 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 I thought Robbie's delivery there was really good. He got, definitely got the probably good sense of, like, what Fujiguro's very specific set of morals are and how they kind of contrast against Yuji. At the, same, thought, at the same time, though, you also kind of, that's where they kind of, first have a general understanding of each other as well, because Fushigoro, while he's escaping to find Nobra, who has fucking disappeared at this point, he grabs the name tag of one of the inmates and returns it to his mother. So, and he was like, I'm sorry, we couldn't recover the body, but this is the best I could do. So it's it's a very interesting and mutual understanding between both Fushigoro and Itadori about like their motivations and their reasonings as to like how to treat people yeah in a sense and not only that it, yeah. it's very interesting they start to meet each other halfway with um yes. fushiguro with the name tag and then itadori realizing that oh you you can't actually save everyone right that becomes a big thing for him in the next arc with with nanami so, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I also did appreciate like when they're having like when they're having that whole debate, and like he was just like, "Well, why did you save me then?" And, like, and like yeah. I did, I did that very end where like Megami says like, you know, like even after all this, I never want to credit to you when like Robbie's delivery just made that sound really sincere, and I appreciated that. Yeah, <laughs> I I love it. I love Fushiguro a lot. Like he's. You would think he's the normal, like, edgelord, like, emo type of character, but he's not. He's more well-rounded than you think. And Robbie just nails it. I I love it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, again, he's, he's, he's kind of an anti-social kid, but he, he's got a good head on his shoulders. He's a nice boy. Oh, yeah, he's a good boy. Mushigoro's a good boy. Puts too much up, puts up with so much fucking shit. 
And uh, uh, let's switch gears a bit and talk about Navarro, who is a lot. So, <laughs> I'm going to admit something here. Um, okay. I was not initially sold on Aniako's Nobara. I, I actually can agree with that sentiment. It felt very rough in the first couple of episodes she was introduced. Mm-hmm. Um, and to me, it really kind of evens out during the... Um, during the sister school competition. Mm-hmm. And then those mm-hmm. last three episodes. Oh, where you really get to see what she can do. I think that Fuck. I think that was the point that Anne really found Nobara in herself. And yes. Yep. And was just able to I, unleash I, I, it. I, I like Nobara a lot going into this. I think she's a fun character. I think the two, like the two parts that I think are really good, are her little speech about like, uh, you know, uh, yeah, the Jujutsu world's very sexist. I like to be pretty, and I also like to fight. Yes, like, I'm not, like yeah, I don't care. that's her. Um, end, that's her interaction and, with Momo, I think, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and then her, and then her bit in last episode where it's like, oh, you put your blood in me, and just starts hammering nails into her wrist, and it's like you are so fucking metal. Oh my god, <laughs> Nobara has zero chill. She does it's not like, you, care. You are you are amazing, and I, I think especially in that moment, I feel like Anne really. Like, oh, this is where I can really play into this. Like, oh my god, so the good. This, the leads of the show are all a little distressingly unhinged when you think about it. Yeah, <laughs> I kind of like that. Again, they say in the very beginning to be a jujitsu sorcerer, you have to be a little bit fucking crazy. Yep, and it's very true of Nobara. No, Anne is. Oh my god, like I will agree with. Pat, I 100% agree with Patrick. In the beginning, Anne was a little bit rough for me in the starting episodes, but she definitely grows into it, and, like, by the time we got to the end of the series, where she is basically the baddest bitch in the fucking room, holy shit did she sell it. Yeah, at that, <laughs> like, at that point, I'm just like, okay, I want more of this show so I can see more of this. Yes. yes. She's a badass it's amazing she has like nobra has this like tomboyish tone and flair to her if that makes sense mm. and it come across and it comes across rather well i think cuz she cuz she can like step up and be on the same level as the boys no fucking problem but again she and Itadori share Fushigoro's brain cells so <laughs> not, the, not the brightest bulb in the bunch either but it's great. <laughs> and her, oh my god, her motivations for leaving to go to Tokyo, they're a little bit silly. <laughs> a little silly, but it's also kind of sweet, considering the childhood friend that moved to her backwoods country from a big city, and then they get teased and all that fun shit, but Nobara's just like, those guys are assholes, she's awesome. <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, that yeah, that whole thing does come back up again later. Yay! Uh, let's see uh, what other but notes that I have on Nabara. Uh, I will say that like having also watched the show in Japanese, uh, as I will say, um, Ed's Nabara does sound like notably noticeably wider than what Asami Center was doing in Japanese. 
And uh, admittedly, between the two, I kind of maybe lean towards the Sami Sinners, Nobar a little more, but mm. I do think that Nobar gets, like, and gets over his personality across pretty well. And while she's higher pitched, I do appreciate the touch that, like, whenever she's, like, really irritated about something, you can actually hear her voice drop a couple of octaves, which is yes. definitely a nice touch. Yep. When Nobar is pissed, she gets fucking pissed. She also likes to fucking poke at people and instigate shit as well, and is very stupid when she does. <laughs> Which is part of her charm, though. More or less. More or less, yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, and again, like, the side of the fight over me was definitely her delivery during that whole fight with Bobo, where... Or, yeah, she says she doesn't really give any two cents about the male patriarchy and whatnot. Yeah. And just enjoys being herself, which is uh, definitely a very refreshing thing to hear from a female character to Jump Manga because, I mean, okay, we, we've read Jump Manga at this point. We know what the track record is. Yeah. More, yeah. I mean, we've, we've brought up Bleach and Naruto plenty already. <laughs> See, mm. Mm. Uh, Could be better. Uh... Yeah, uh, I will also say that while uh, it's definitely on the quieter end, I do I did really appreciate her delivery during that whole conversation. It has with Yuji in the last episode where like Yuji uh, asked her how she feels about having killed someone for the first time, and her saying that like yeah. she understands that there are only so many people she can save, and how like and how there are only so many people in her life that can be important to her, and I thought that and got that across pretty well. Mm-hmm. And also just like this little bit in the middle where she's like, oh. That where, like, she's talking about the whole bus seat metaphor and how, like, well, there are some people like you who just bring in their own bus seat. And it's like, oh, she does care. That's nice. Yeah. It's true. Nobra is a... <laughs> <Nobara> is a <laughs> person that exists. She's a badass. Oh, my God. Like, because... Aside from her fight with Momo, the only other time we actually see her fight is when she's introduced... And we only get, like, a small inter- small introduction to what she can do. And how she is. But holy fuck. <laughs> the end of the show, where she and Itadori team up and basically fight these two frickin' curses. Well, not... Um, uh, is it, yeah, they things. are... Yeah, they are notably not curses, which is why I brought that up. Yeah, I'm about to say they're not curses. They're things. It's the right way to put it, I guess. I, I think like, they're like curse possessed people. As a, uh, yeah. It, it, yeah, pretty much. Uh, yeah, uh, notably, they are brothers. There's also a uh, there's also a third brother who's like hanging with the curse gang. Uh, who it, uh, who briefly shows up in the last episode and will be very important next season. Yeah, he just he destroys a little game of life cards. <laughs> And I and, and I don't know. Hito's if... very upset about it. <laughs> yep. Oh, he took is very mad. He's like, "Why'd you do that?" And I think this person is voiced by fucking same actor as someone we're gonna talk about in a minute. It sounds very much like him. I'm gonna say that. I don't know if it is him. Oh, the third brother. It very much sounds like him. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah that's that's. Him. that's um... Oh, it is. Okay. Ah. <laughs> It's Sukuna. Yeah. It's fucking Sukuna. Oh, I thought um, oh, Jonas Scott announced that was him. 
Yeah. No, 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 no. I heard it, I'm like, oh, here we go again. More double casting. Fuck. It's fine. Uh, so, so, uh, so we thought about uh, so we talked about these two kids. Uh, let's get to the probably the star of this section. One Satsuru Gojo, who is again he's Satsuru Gojo. And you know, <sighs> <laughs> I heard this performance described as you know Osamu dies, Osamu does I, and no, it's. It's hard to describe. It's... It's... Okay. It is Osamu Dazai. But Gojo, Gojo just gives even less of a fuck. There yeah, we go. Okay, it is the same, yeah, it is, yeah, it is the same tone of voice, but he is, like... I mean, a much more nonchalant character. I feel like you can argue a little bit personality-wise, Dazai and Gojo are kind of similar in some aspects. Uh, I mean, uh, at mean, least in the at least in the trolling aspects, they're kind of similar because Dazai does fuck with everyone at the Armed Detective Agency like crazy, right? So. Yeah, but I feel like Dazai kind of like added bias into his own quirks a little more. Was um, Gojo was just very clearly putting on an act because he thinks it's fun. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> I mean, Dazai technically puts on an act as well a little bit. Because he's hiding the fa- he has to hi- he's hiding the fact that he used to work for the Port Mafia, so <laughs> kind of <laughs> they're, they're they're pretty similar, I think. But oh my, you God. know, <laughs> just because they're similar doesn't make Keiji Tang as Gojo any less amazing. Oh right, <laughs> you know, I I just got to think of it, and you know, Gojo is kind of like does I. If he were also an absolute anarchist. Yes! <laughs> yes! Gojo is all about death to the patriarchy. Like, it's not even funny. Like, it's so great. I love it. I want, I want to be in charge so I can burn it all down. Yes! <laughs> Fuck your rules. He is like. Fuck your rules. Here, eat a door, eat a finger. Like, yeah, like, yeah, I think, like, his very specific explanation was, like, I thought about burning it all down, but no one would follow me, so that's why, so that's why I'm in education. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. Fucking Gojo gives zero shits. It's not that he has no chill, he just doesn't fucking care. It's great. <laughs> Love it. Uh, again, Gojo is similar to Osamu Dazai, but even more like fuck your shit up than Osamu Dazai. Oh my god. It's great. I love it. <laughs> like, if this isn't perfect casting, I don't know what is. Yeah, so, yeah, I do definitely appreciate there's just this very high sense of confidence in Keiji's tone from, like, the second he opens his mouth, this is a man who just, he knows how, like, he knows how strong he is, and he just rolls with it. Oh, yeah. He, t- 
He's like, I'm the strongest one out there, and he, he does, he he puts up. He does not shut up. He puts up, like not even joking. Like he's, <laughs> you either nut up or shut up. He nuts up. Let's go, Joe. <laughs> oh man, it's great. Oh, I <laughs> let's go, Joe. Oh. Uh, yeah. Uh, he also just gets a lot of relief on one-liners and one-liners that are also uh, that are also weirdly in the show in Japanese, oddly enough, but it's great. Uh, uh, yeah. My uh, guy. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think one. I think one. Like, I specifically enjoy. I think it was like he was talking with either the principal or Nanami. I said, like, oh, sorry, where, where he, I, I think it was like after the whole Junpei thing, that where he's just sitting around boy. He's like, oh man, we should get a. We think you down here and go trolling and talk about economic policies. This <laughs> <laughs> conversation went on me. Oh, I know. Let's talk about all the things you like about Gojo. I'll go first. Everything. <laughs> and Ani was like, "Do you ever shut up?" <laughs> it's great. Gojo gives zero fucks. It's so fucking great. But he also sees the potential of all of the students, particularly the first years as well, so he knows. He's like, they're gonna go beyond what normal jujutsu sorcerers are gonna be like, so y'all better fucking stop being stupid. <laughs> Down with the patriarchy. Anarchy! Kojo <laughs> <laughs> is fucking anarchy incarnate. God, you're not- Patrick's right, he's fucking anarchy. <laughs> like, Jesus. <laughs> I'm sorry, I love it. I love it so much. Gojo is a troll. He's a troll. An anarchist, basically. Doesn't give a single fuck. And he also nuts up instead of shuts up. <laughs> like. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's amazing. I love Kaden yeah. hanging this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it definitely is very odd this guy would work in education, but he but he does care about his students in his own way, clearly. In his own way. <laughs> yup, in his own way he does. Oh god. I'm dying of laughter. This, this whole episode is Steph just dying of laughter over the weirdest of shit. Christ! In your defense, it's a weird show. It is. Mm. I mean, when you have fucking Toto, Nanami, Panda, fucking the king of all this weirded ass shit, Satoru Gojo. God. (laughs) I'm sorry, Uh, I cut you off. No, no, it's fine. This. I don't want to say this is going to be my favorite. Kaji Tang role period because I, mean, I haven't played I yes. haven't played Yakuza Seven yet, and everything I've heard about Yakuza Seven suggests that it might be the Kaji Kaji Tangiest character ever made. Um, uh, yeah, his character in that, in that game is great. He's amazing. Yeah, but he's he's very he's really good here. I think he is. He, he clearly just understands like Gojo being both like 
a, a caring mentor finger, a figure, and also just an enormous troll who will tell you he hates your guts to your face. Oh yeah, because he is whatever, whatever you know. Any any worry he had about that died out long, long ago. Oh, he gives zero uh, fucks. And I want to take this moment to highlight one of my favorite Juju troll segments, which I think might be the last one in the show. I can't remember. Is the one where um, uh, it starts with um. Nabora and Gojo just hanging out, being too hot, and Yuki runs over and is like, "A woman's heading on Megami," and they all yes! cause problems. Yes, <laughs> and it's it's just delightful that what ends up being just like some some random lady asked if he knew where the station was becomes all three of them pretending to be his jilted lovers, <laughs> and then with Gojo, is oh no, <laughs> Gojo's like, "I'm sorry." Megumi, it is time for violin lessons, and he's just like this hot, like tutor or some shit. It's like, oh my god, Gojo Not looking like that. Gojo <laughs> wouldn't pull that yeah, out. I, yeah, I love what he just says in the sexiest voice possible. We're going to go back and play Twinkle Twinkle Little Star. <laughs> <laughs> it's they're they're all very good in that segment, but Gaji is the best in that segment. I love Unfortunately, I skipped some of the Jujutsu Scroll segments, so I, I think this was one of them I missed. You never oh, skip the Juju Strolls. This when, one is you, 23, I think. If you, if you have, like, an hour or two to kill, like, do yourself a favor and go back and watch them. They are, they are, there is some comedy gold. I only have, like, five that I didn't watch, so. And unfortunately, I think this one was one of them. I think it was 23. Is yeah. the episodes you should go back and watch it? It's amazing. Yeah, it's fucking great. Fucking <laughs> Keiji just kills me. Yeah, yeah. I will say that while uh, Gojo trolls a lot of characters, I think a lot of my, I think a lot of Keiji's best work here is just all the moments where he's just trolling Principal Boomer. Yes. <laughs> yes. Because no, he no, fucking no, hates no, him. No, yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, I think the funnest moment in particular is like the bit where like. Uh, it's a bit where, like, he's telling Yuji, where he's giving Yuji this whole, like, elaborate setup about how to mention to everyone the fact that he is, in fact, not dead like they all thought he was. Mm-hmm. And, and so he comes up with, like, this very specific way of just, like, showing him off in front of everyone. And I love how, like, when, I love how, like, when he does that, everyone's, like, shocked that Yuji's alive. Like, you see Satoru just, like, flashing a look at Principal Boomer who just looks like breakfast was canceled. <laughs> 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 oh my god. <laughs> we have fun here. You know, you know, I think that the skit down is one of the things I really like about this show is that it has a really distinct wicked sense of humor that yes. I'm not used to seeing in big shonen titles oh, and I yeah, appreciate absolutely. I love it. that it that it has that 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 made its way into the anime oh, and that it has found extreme success <sighs> even with that yes. or perhaps because of that it makes me happy I love it <laughs> I fucking love it I'm sorry Jen that was too fucking good I can't stop laughing Sorry, kids. Back in the car. Disneyland's canceled. Itadori survived. Oh, no. <laughs> Shit. Oh, no. No, 
Disneyland. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Fuck. Oh, I'm okay, I think. Uh. <laughs> 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 Alright, uh. Breakfast is cancelled, kids. No! <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh. <laughs> I'm tired. Oh no. Uh, Thankfully, we're almost done. Yeah, okay, yeah, it's kind of late, so uh, we finally should get into our final two characters of the evening. Oh, God. Oh, right. yes. All right, so it is time to talk about our main character and our main antagonist, who weirdly happen to be sharing the same body. Uh, we have Yuji Tadori and Ryo Mitsuka. Uh, so Yuji is an ordinary high school boy with superhuman strength who gets dragged into one of Mekimi's missions and in an attempt to save him, eats one of Tsukuna's fingers and becomes his vessel, making him the target of curses and somebody higher up in the Jujutsu world. Uh, he doesn't have a curse technique, but he can just punch things really, really hard with his curse energy. Yeah, basically. <laughs> uh, Ryomitsukuna, on the other hand, is a legendary Jujutsu sorcerer who is once known as the King of Curses and... Uh, possessed so much energy that when he died, uh, the sorcerers could not destroy his body completely. And so, 20 of his fingers, yes, he has, tw yes, he has 20 fingers, somehow. Uh, Just they go with it. Yeah, uh, they still remain in the world, and uh, basically he wants another fingers gathered that he can eventually take over Yuji's body, and... Basically, he has no specific motivation, he just kind of wants to go nuts and wants a world burn, because why not? Yeah, you you think Gojo likes anarchy? Like Sukuna just wants to watch the fucking world burn. Like, yeah, oh, yeah, he, yeah he also has some weird, unexplained interest in Megami's development, but uh, we yeah. don't know why yet. Yeah, <laughs> he's just very interested in in uh, Fushigura right now, as far as we know. Um, so uh, playing Sukuna, we have Ray Chase, who was introduced to the anime. And has played such characters Yay, as Keith, as Keith Kazuma Flick in Be the Beginning, Ertigan and Carol in Tuesday, Corazon in One Piece, and Genu Ikari in the VSI dub of Neon Genesis Evangelion. And playing Yuji, we have Adam McArthur, who conversely is a stranger to anime. In fact, this was his first anime role. However, huh. uh, he's definitely not a stranger to voice acting. And his little work in prelay animation, specifically for Western animation. And uh, some of his work there includes uh, Prince, Lee Char, and Star Wars and Clone Wars, Ashton and Big City Greens, and most notably Marco Diaz from Star vs. the Forces of Evil. But he is starting to get a little bit more in anime, so. Yeah. Surprise, surprise, Shadow's House. Uh <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It was definitely very surreal when we just cast switch for the first time. Like, I see all these actors in anime roles, and then like next to him was just from Star vs. the Forces of Evil. No, like the whole thing I said earlier, where it's a very weird reversal of like because anime voice actors usually the next step for them is getting into prelay, but now it's the opposite with like with Adam and with a few other people. It's like what the fuck is happening? I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I really like it, but holy shit, it's weird. <laughs> uh, it is weird, and uh, we should start with Free Chase and Sukuna because Sukuna is a lot. 
Sukuna is you a know, lot. I, I actually, I'm going to talk a little bit about them together, because honestly, the dynamic between Yuji and Sakuna is that, that classic Vine video. Hey, what do you want for lunch? The souls of the innocent. A bagel! No! <laughs> Two bagels! <laughs> I've never heard of that before. I've never heard of that before. That's great. But yeah, um... I mean, you're not wrong, but... Sakuna, just in isolation, is just this great sort of... You know, Ray Chase was a good choice, because he, he can go absolutely hammy. <laughs> and he is just this ridiculously evil, smug as shit, just... Like, he's an asshole, for the sake of being an asshole. Yeah, yeah, I will say I definitely appreciate that he has, like, this kind of nice raspiness to his tone that kind of sounds like... That kind of sounds weirdly like a Saturday morning cartoon villain, but maybe, like, a little more polished, which is... Okay. And definitely, yeah, uh, which is definitely very odd, because... Uh, do you want to know who plays this character in Japanese? Who? Junichi Suwabe. Ah, yes. <laughs> no, I'm I remember kidding. seeing this. I'm like, oh, boy... <laughs> I can see yeah, it. And it yeah. Oh man! <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it, yeah, and it definitely does sound, and it definitely does sound like you know your, your typical Junichi Suwabe role that it sounds you know incredibly suave and sexy, which is definitely not a thing you would associate with. You would never associate with Chukana. I'm gonna say <laughs> this because <laughs> I love how y'all are mentioning like how Ray kind of seems like very menacing and dark, but also hammy. <laughs> I know Jet, I think, will definitely appreciate this, because I think he was on the episode with us, with, with me for this. Um, <laughs> Rei Sukuna is, if you take, Rei is, so if you, if you took the dark and crazy parts of Sukuna and just made it even more hammy, you want to know what you fucking get? You get Sobnok Sabra for Welcome to Demon School Iramakun. <laughs> This is like tone of voice, a lot of personality, almost near identical. <laughs> it's just that Sobnok is more of a dumbass and more hammy for Ray, and it's great. It's like a very hammy Shakespeare villain as Andrew just appears around the corner drinking water, just giggling. <laughs> like he can agree with me. <laughs> this is he could agree with me on this. Yeah, yeah, what is, yeah. I will say, like Ray Chase has a lot of range, and yes, yeah, and he can do a lot of different voices, and but I guess we cut, but I kind of have gradually gotten used to him, and lately he, and like lately he gets cast as a lot of like Middle East dudes a lot, so, uh, so while he, so well again he does have a lot of range, you can usually tell with him a lot of the time these days. Yeah, this was definitely a very different role for him. Like I have never heard him sound like this before. Oh, I fucking love it, though. It is so dark and menacing. It's so uh, juicy sounding. It's like, oh, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I fucking love it. <laughs> uh, like, I've gotten a lot more accustomed to Ray as an actor as well over the years. Oh, <laughs> he can do some amazing things. Like, for me, the... Like, my f absolute favorite role that Rey has ever done is Bucciarati in JoJo Golden Wind. But this is up there now. <laughs> like, this is downright sinister and, like, 
I said this earlier when we were talking about Lucian as Mahito. Sukuna has no chill and it gives zero fucks. Like, he is... He wants to watch the world burn! He is absolutely yeah, yeah, deviled ham here. Yeah, okay, Abbott, yeah, he's awful. He clearly knows he is, and he just rolls with it. Mm-hmm. The <laughs> first thing he talks about when you are introduced to Sukuna is how he wants to find all of the women and children <laughs> and do unspeakable things to them. It's like, oh boy, if that's an introduction for Sukuna right there, I don't know what else is. <laughs> like, uh, no, yeah, I also like the one bit again with a like energy to give it out attention center, and he's like fighting this one like special curse grade. So he takes up Yuji's body, and he's like thinking of a good way to throw it in. So oh, he yeah. real yeah he realized the, the best scenario would be to team up with the special curse grade to just like fight Megami. So he turns to the special grade. He's like, yo, let's go kill some kids. Yeah. <laughs> and the special and the special grade's just in there like very confused. And just like, okay, no, this guy's an enemy, right? And then Sukuna's just like, uh, no, bad idea, fucker, and just kills him. <laughs> like like Gojo may not have any chill. Sukuna is like the pure fucking definition of having zero chill. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like Oh, God. His interactions with Mahito. Ooh, sweet baby Jesus. Oh, it's like, alright, we had a fun laugh at at this punk's expense, but if you try and pull this shit again, like, I wouldn't if I were you. And then he he just, by accident, Mahito accidentally touches Sukuna's soul, and he's like, I fucking warned you. Stay out. Bit. I'm gonna cut a bitch, and he does. <laughs> what did I tell you about my shin? Ray is genuinely terrifying as Sukuna. I fucking love it. I love it. Like, more, please. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, I keep gushing. I'm sorry. Mm. Yeah, it, it, it is a lot of fun. Oh, man. <laughs> man, something occurred to me and I can't remember what it is that I'm sad. <laughs> I'm sorry. I keep gushing and talking. I'm sorry. I said, ah, that's cool. Just fucking... Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, all of these characters are so great. Mm. I love them. Mm. Hey, yo. Oh, man. Coming back around... Uh, um, yeah. Honestly, I felt sort of in the the um, the same, not quite as pronounced, but in a similar situation to uh, Nobara. I think it took Adam a couple episodes to figure out what he wanted to do with Itadori. Yeah, I can agree with that too. Uh, yeah, yeah. Again, this was his first time uh, doing anime in general when he is a Kulai actor mostly. So, yeah, so I think like he might have had a little trouble just like getting used to, you know, the about and like ADR work because again, ADR work is very, very different from doing Kulai animation. Yeah. Yeah, but I feel like after like maybe the first couple of episodes, he definitely got more of a handle on it. And I'd say by like, Definitely, by the time we get to the whole prison thing, he uh, he definitely has a better handle on it. 
And I think like specifically that whole scene, that whole scene where he realizes he's about to die and he starts flipping out is where I think Adam like really got the character. Yeah. I would I kind of would argue more with the stuff with Junpei personally. Like his interactions with Junpei and just that's a better like I think by that point he definitely has a really good understanding of each story's character. And I think he, he, from then on, for, for me anyway, he shines a lot. And especially, oh, fuck, Mahito again. When, uh, Mahito, Mahito fucking basically kills Junpei and Itadori loses his fucking shit. Oh, Adam yeah. really shine on that one. For sure. Like, this is a but, yeah, really... I can agree that it was rough to start. It's a really interesting thing watching the course of the show and you can actually see Adam progressing as a sort mm-hmm. of ADR slash dubbing actor as he goes yeah. from arc to arc. Oh yeah. Like he's growing like he's he's growing in terms of like learning how to do dubs and adaptations and he's also having Itadori grow as a character which actually works out nicely so I really like it like it's what did I freaking say about Adam Uh. weirdly enough he has a tone like he has a tone of voice that's kind of different than some of your most more typical Anime pro tags, if that makes sense. Oh, so, oh, yeah, that actually said like I wrote that in my notes too. Like, it definitely sounds a lot more okay, casual and down yeah. to earth than like the kind of more you know like very fine tone you sort of expect from Jonah pro tags. He's a, yeah, it's a bit it's... more of a a casual sort of cartoonish, but not like cartoonish. I mean, just like Western animation ish voice to him. Yeah, it's, it's very interesting. It's like, it's not the normal tone of voice that you would typically associate in a shonen protagonist. And I don't dislike it. Like, it was rough in the beginning, but yeah, it grew on me. And I'm like, okay, I actually really like this. Like, let me have something similar to this in some, some of my shonen anime. Like, this is nice. I like it. I enjoy it. I also enjoy the fact that Adam's doing a little bit more anime now, too. Mm. I enjoy that. I just met his character in Shadow's house. <laughs> like, it's very different. Uh, I, like, I, li- I, like, I like the interaction between him and, um, you know, Megumi and Navarro and Gojo. Like, I think all of them play off each other really well. Yeah, uh, they really I do. I just like his... I like how his... He's good at being very, like, energetic. Like, I, I feel like I don't see shonen protagonists who are quite this, like... It's a thing where, like, Yuji's a loner, but he's also very popular. Like, everyone likes yeah. Yuji once they get to meet him. Like, yeah. he becomes friends with everybody very, very quickly. And I think Adam... I think Adam captures that very well. He feels like a guy you would want to be friends with. Mm. Who just seems like, you know, this is, just, this is just a nice, solid dude who wants to be good to people and do good. Yeah, yeah, I also do, yeah, I also do appreciate that, like... Yeah, like, I have to appreciate he has, like, a very uh, interesting set of motivation compared to, you know, what your typical show protagonist would want. Like, mm-hmm. as, like, instead of, you know, wanting to be the best at whatever it is he's doing, 
his his various has been goal here is something he got from his grandfather right before he died, which is to help other people so that when he dies, he will be surrounded by others. Yeah, he wants to be. He wants to do good things. That by the time he dies, it's a proper death. The words "proper death" keep popping up a lot for Itadori over the whole course of the show. Like, because that's his thing is like making like want like is like is this the kind of proper death that I would want for this person? Like, it's very his motivations are very different than normal protagonists. You're right. Yeah. Yeah, I think that definitely does come to a very interesting head, like, again, when he's in Mahito, when, like, uh, all the people he's transformed, and then he has to, like, take a life for the first time and yeah. come to terms with that. Mm-hmm. And then I think the conversation he has with Nanami afterwards is very interesting. It's like, where, uh, where Nanami's like, I don't really know what a proper death would be, because, like, you know, even if all good people died... Not appropriately, and all bad people were part of The reality is that most people aren't all good or all evil. But I thought that was a very interesting conversation. No, yeah, for sure. It's a very poignant conversation for Itadori and his development. Because for, uh, before that point, he was very set on like try, uh, trying not to like kill another person. But then at that point, he was basically forced to. Very interesting. Uh, yeah, definitely very curious to see where that's headed. But yeah, uh, Adam definitely seems to have a pretty good head with what he's doing so far. Yeah. Uh, he, and uh, I really do like how much he grew into the world at the time. Can I point out for a hot second, his interactions with Sukuna are great. Mm. <laughs> like, the two of them bicker. It's, it's fucking great. Oh my god. When Itadori dies... And we have them just inside, essentially, Sukuna's domain. And, (laughs) again, Itadori shares a brain cell between him, Nobura, and Fushiguro. And Sukuna's like, alright, I'll tell you what. If you can beat me, then we will agree to a deal where we don't have those conditions. You call the shots. And he's like, deal, and then... (laughs) Immediately gets his head sliced in half. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you fucking dumbass. Why do you I step to Sukuna like that? I'm not. I'm not sure he even finished saying what he was saying. No. No. He did not. He did not. Pretty sure. Like Itadori has wonderful intentions. He has very good intentions. He's an idiot. <laughs> fucking idiot. And oh man, him and Sukuna's interactions where Sukuna's just like instigating the fuck out of him too. It's, oh my god. I love it. I love it. This, oh, uh, oh, okay, now I remember this that I was going to bring up. Which is, uh, which is we have mentioned Naruto briefly, but uh, but usually Sukuna's relationship is basically like what if the Nine Tails was actually just evil and horrible? Like, is it like, okay, like, remove the whole bit about, like, remove the whole bit about Naruto and Nine Tails eventually becoming friends, like, none of that here, like, this Nine Tails is just really awful. Oh my god. Because, <laughs> I mean, in, in Naruto, like, the Nine Tail Fox was just, like, a malevolent nature spirit. Yeah. 
Like, let's take that and make it just, like, a very, like, actually malevolent human being. Or human-ish. Sukuna <laughs> uh, is a thing that exists, and Sukuna just has zero chill and gives zero fucks. <laughs> and yeah, their interactions are great. No, yeah, it's so much fun. He bugs the shit out of Itadori. <laughs> is it, it, yeah, I think that their whole bit at the end of the last episode was like pretty interesting. Yes. That's how, that's how, that's how, where he's basically just mocking you to like, oh, did he want to save a bunch of people? But a whole bunch of people are going to die because of you, and he's just laughing at him. Oh, yeah. He's like really like instigating and poking fun at Itadori. And Itadori's doing his best to like keep his cool. He's like, you can just shut. He's like, shut up, shove up your ass. <laughs> basically, he's he's basically telling Sukuna to shove it at that point. <laughs> it's like, fuck off, bro. <laughs> Step off, man. Oh my god, it's, it's um, so fun. Um, yeah, um, Adam and Ray, backup job. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Love it, love it. Uh, so with that, I think we're good to move into final thoughts. Yeah. This, uh, this went long, but about as long as I expected for this kind of show. <laughs> yeah, all things yeah. considered. AKA Steph goes in rambling giggle fest mode. Fuck. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh shit. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, this is a pretty solid show. It's a, uh, definitely, uh, definitely a pretty interesting manga. Uh, admittedly, I wasn't that into it the first time I tried reading it, but uh, second time around, I kind of got a better idea of what it's going for, and uh, the anime definitely uh, kind of addressed a lot of the problems I sort of had with how the manga pace things and was structured. So in general, it's a pretty good time, and uh, I definitely enjoyed the dub quite a bit. Uh, more so on my second rewatch, surprisingly. Hmm. Yeah. Um. The show itself, it it wears a lot of sort of the mid-2000s uh, Shonen Jump manga on its sleeve, the, the references to them. And at the same time, it sort of carries over the sensibilities of this generation's Shonen Jump favorites. And I... I think it does that balancing act a lot better than some of its contemporary counterparts. Um, as for the dub, it is... I, I haven't watched a lot of sort of the Crunchyroll dubs, so it actually kind of came as a surprise to me at how solid this was. Just as a complete package. Um, a couple actors took a little while to get their footing into their characters, but otherwise, uh, everybody put their best foot forward, and it is a very, it's very watchable. It's, I was actually able to watch this in large chunks, which is something I don't real, I'm not really able to do with a lot of shows. 
So I I attribute that a lot to the the sort of brisk pacing of the show, as well as the actual quality of the dub. Because the show, it moves faster than, like, a chapter and episode pace, like, say, a Black Clover. But at the same time, like, you can do sort of getting through... 60, 70 episodes in a two-course series really well. Or you can pull a Hakio um, Hoshinengi and do, like, a volume every episode where you have literally no idea what's going on. <laughs> that sounds lovely. Oh, it oh, is. And by know. it is, I mean it absolutely isn't. <laughs> I never course. watched it, so... I watched an episode, I was very confused and noped at. <laughs> You're just like, Jet's just like, nope, I'm out. <laughs> the dub is good, I just don't like the show. Anyway, that's not something I can say about Jujutsu Kaisen. It's great. I recommend, excuse me, I recommend it. Uh, do you have anything to add, Amon? Uh, this show's delightful. Uh, it's, it's a lot of fun, it's... It is wild, as people on my part of the internet say. Uh, I don't know. Pair, pair, pair it with your favorite weird midnight movie that doesn't make a lot of sense. Uh, that has fighting in it. Uh, no, this is a lot of fun. I think the dub's really well put together. I think this is a really fun show. It looks really pretty. Uh, it has a lot of just interesting creative decisions, both in the dubs and kind of like the direction of the animation that I really appreciated seeing. Uh, this is nice. <laughs> this will be... This will be my favorite shonen anime until uh, four to six months from now. <laughs> <laughs> Gee, I wonder why. I like, oh, like, oh, yeah, it's working in the animation. Uh, I did not bring it up before, but I but I've done about it a few times. I am legitimately impressed that they somehow managed to make the final battle in the season literally a butt rock AMV. Like, 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 literally the music exactly how the fighting is timed, like. It's amazing. That is just amazing. Oh my god. And like episode nineteen, <laughs> that that fight, holy shit. Like, they didn't skimp on the fight sequences, that's for dang sure. No. Ooh. And it's just Thank like you, Mappa. You know the woes that sort of came out of you know, the, the stuff that we're starting to learn about MAPPA and its production woes um, aside. Yeah. Like, I watched episode 19 and that huge-ass fight sequence. And it's just like, the guy who directed the sequence is going to be doing Chainsaw Man in the next couple of months. I'm excited for and that. And this is just like... I, I felt the same way learning that as when um, Garo the Animation aired and that, that really great fight sequence between um, between Leon and... Um, God, what's his name? Uh, the, Justin um, Briner. Alfonso, I think Alfon it is? Yeah, Alfonso. Yeah, Alfonso. Like that really great sword fight sequence they have. And then that guy who yeah. directed that was doing the new 
the new season of Garo, like, a couple years later. It was that same kind oh, van- of feeling. Vanishing Line? Vanishing Line? Yeah. Yeah, and it's funny. And it's funny you bring. It's funny you bring that up because guess who directed this show? <laughs> that guy. Yeah. <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> oh man. But yeah, it, 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 it's actually yeah, really. Worth the, oh, sorry. Yeah, I was say it is also particularly interesting that that guy uh, Sugo Park is Korean, so it's definitely very interesting he got to work on something this big. Yeah. No. Yes. Pretty fucking cool, if you ask me. But it's just like, I get it now. I get why people get excited when, you know, a guy who directs a really cool action sequence for an episode gets to go on and do it and get a crew together to do another big series. Mm. I, guess, uh, yeah. I guess that kind of leaves me. A little. Uh, yeah, anything else you want to add? I'll try and be quick. I am fucking surprised at how solid this is, considering this is, from my understanding, the first Crunchyroll-produced dub for a shonen series. Like, in a major shonen series at that. Like, this was a very big surprise. It's very solid. Um, my one gripe is about the double-triple casting situation, but I th- have a suspicion that's more on the studio. That's not necessarily the fault of the director. I don't know the logistics or the behind-the-scenes stuff at that point. That's really my one major gripe. Um, but, holy shit. <laughs> the fact that I don't have a favorite performance speaks volumes as to how solid the dub of this actually is. Yeah. The fact that I don't have a favorite character speaks volumes about the show and how much fun it fucking is. Like, it's, it's, it's a joy. I love it. It's so much fun. I want more, please. Okay, thanks. Yeah. I, uh, no. Uh, well, thankfully, we'll probably be getting more for the foreseeable future because the manga blew up very much because of the anime. Oh, yeah. Like, that's what I heard, too. The manga just fucking skyrocketed. So, good for it. Yeah, so, um, yeah, uh, yeah, like the, yeah, like the way, like, uh, Kimetsu no Yaiba exploded specifically after episode 19, like, mm. did you kind of that's basically had that since the anime had that started? Same thing, yeah. So, yeah. It's I not going anywhere. I'm, I'm sensing a pattern here. <laughs> <laughs> but no, if you haven't watched Jujutsu Kaisen yet, please do. Please do. It's really good. It's a lot of fun. Okay, uh, so, uh, so, so I guess that basically brings things to the wrap here. Uh, if you want to watch Jujutsu Kaisen, uh, yeah, you can basically do so on Crunchyroll, both sub and dub. Uh, I'm pretty sure you can also find the dub on HBO Max. That is correct. I attempted to watch it on HBO Max, my rewatch, but the app was being a piece of shit. So I switched to Verve. <laughs> there you go. Oh, yeah. So. Okay, yeah, it's also on Verve because mm-hmm. Verve has basically everything grunts and roll. Yep. And uh, if you want to follow anything that we do, we are the Dub Talk Podcast. Uh, so, uh, you can find us on YouTube as, as well as uh, we have audio only available on. Podbeat and Spotify. 
Uh, you can also find us uh, on the interwebs on Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr, is dead so. And Twitch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and Twitch. Yeah, Twitch. We do do live streams. We've been doing shit. At the time recording this, we made affiliate. Heck yeah. Yeah, buddy. Yeah. Uh, yep, so uh, if you'd like to support us, uh, you can do so through one-time donation through Kofi, or you can be one of our lovely patrons, and uh, before we end things tonight, I'd like to give a shout-out to some of our patrons. Uh, for our $5 tier, we have Megan's Mom and Dad, Miss L. Travis, Rockless Corazon, Nico Robin with Yowie Hands, uh, Sweet Tweety, and Victor Maraboda. At $10 tier, we have Carl Lesikow, Christian Akenda, Jacob Wilson, Jared Hawkins, Dooley W, Led Team, and Otaku Anthony. Uh, thanks for all your support, guys. We really appreciate it. Thanks, guys. You're awesome. Yeah. Uh, so, I would ask what you guys want to plug, but of course, uh, since you're here, I'm on. Do you have a Dusty Old song for us? Yes. Uh, this was hard, actually. I, I've had a good run of finding things that feel thematically appropriate. I was kind of stumped with this. Possibly because I don't listen to the kind of metal that would pair well with this kind of show. Um, so instead, I went with a way more esoteric one. Uh, there's good music in this show. I'm a particularly big fan of the first OP. That's not the best song in this show. That's obviously the first ED that didn't become a meme for no reason. Yes, uh, also I like true. Song, I like the song of the first OP. It's very math rocky. Uh, so I can recommend to you my favorite math rock band, who are called Battles. Uh, they're a lot of fun. I've seen them in concert. They're excellent. Uh, my recommendation, since it's July, it's hot out, I recommend their song Ice Cream, uh, which is very summery and also very complicated. Uh, if you like that, I'd also recommend their song Titanium Two-Step, which features uh, the lead vocalist from No Wave Legends' uh, Liquid Liquid. One of you out there will understand that, and you'll probably be happy you learn this information. You can go listen to that song. Uh, the rest of you, go check it out. It's a lot of fun. Cool. Uh, so, uh, and did you guys like to plug real quick? Uh, I'm, I'm on Twitter at US. I tweet about stuff. Come hear me yell about uh, City Pop and how great it is. It'll be fun. Mm. Uh, so I'm... Uh, oh. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, so I'm Patrick, a.k.a. Roots of Justice. You can find me on the Twitter.com, at Roots of Justice, where I mainly retweet cute animal pics, talk general fandom stuff. Come on by. Have a good time. Um, I'm also working on some solo stuff on the side. I know I keep saying that, but I really am. I promise. Um, hopefully I will have some updates in the near future. Hello, my name is Stephanie. Sometimes people on the internet call me Lilac. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Lilac Anime Review with review being spelled R-E-V-U-E, where I do, where I, I don't know, I just do things, I guess. Um, <laughs> you can also check me out on my blog, Life and Times Otaku at WordDust. Life and Times Otaku.wordpress.com. I can talk today. Uh, where I need to actually update and do things. And, um, since we talked about the Dub Talk Twitch, uh, I've been chilling and doing some gaming over there, so you can come hang out with me if you want. Um, at the time of recording this, I re I've been doing gaming, uh, doing streams on Thursdays, and at the time of this as well, Meg and I are gonna start playing Okami on Saturdays, so 
don't know if we'll be done with the game by the time this episode comes out, but you know, come hang out. <laughs> we still are. I don't know. Okay, uh, as for me, I'm Jet. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Mandigo, where I will usually be talking about uh, cartoons or anime or comics or whatever. Uh, you can also find me on another podcast, Podcast of Day, where uh, you will be shooting debris and talking about anime news alongside fellow dub talk host Andrew. Um, so, uh, yeah, more or less wraps us up for today. Uh, thanks for joining me, guys. Of course. Thanks for bringing us along. Yeah, I believe we have exorcised this episode. Ah, uh, yes. Ah, uh, yes. It's going to be a while before this pause this actually comes out, but <laughs> still. Yeah. We have time, thankfully. But Pad. yeah, yeah. Patrick, do me a solid. Don't go back to that floor jerky. Do me a solid. Um, I hope you learned your lesson, So about dude. that... Patrick, what now? Um, you're worse than the dog. <laughs> I... I shouldn't tell you what's currently in my mouth. Patrick, really? Oh, excuse me. What is it this time? I, um... I finished off the floor jerky. Okay... It was hickory. I'm starting to I think it wasn't floor jerky. I think that was a hickory wood chip. Oh, well, uh, while we, uh, I think we have to get him to the emergency room. Jet, you're gonna have to sign us off. Come on, Almond, we gotta get Patrick to the emergency room. Alright, uh, well, I guess we have to get to the hospital. Rock on Boston, rock over Chicago. <laughs> Have a good night, everybody. Come on, Patrick. It's time to go. Oh, talk one dip. Ow, that hurts. Come on. Come on. No, no, no. Oh, get, okay. get come on, guys. I'm going to blame it yourself, Unhand Patrick. Me. Get in the fucking car. I can get, get myself the to the hospital. Thank you. Get you. No. Get in the fucking car. You're, you're not driving, all right? Fine. Fine.